This news and weather update is powered by Bryson Law Firm. You need us, Bryson Law Firm. Look us up at BrysonLawFirm.com. Live and local from the ShopRite Tobacco Plus studios in Upper Lafayette, this is Acadiana Sports Station, 1037 The Game and 1037thegame.com. KLWB, Karen Crow Lafayette, just after 6 o'clock. And Sports Chat with Dave Schultz starts now. I'm going to put it right on the line. There been a lot of complaints already. Connect on Facebook or follow on Twitter at 1037thegame. It's a formidable scent. <laughs> Stings the nostrils. Listen live with the 1037 The Game mobile app. They could manage two secrets. A flayed man. Or online at 1037thegame.com. All right, place your bets, place your bets. And now, Dave Schultz. Super team. It's on right now. Now. Dave Schultz, Cody Shoots, on a Thursday morning sports chat. On Acadiana's number one sports talk station, 1037 The Game, 1037thegame.com. We're live in the ShopRite Tobacco Plus studios. And I thought I had this figured out, Cody. We're getting close to it, though. About streaming on our website. We'll do it in the next... We'll do it in the next... Uh, a second. We'll get it. We'll get it right. We are on Periscope, though, I think. We will be here momentarily. There we are. All right. Uh, you can give us a call. 706-0111. 706-0111. We do have a tremendous show for you today. We'll... Usual suspects, although not necessarily for the reasons that they're usually here. Uh, Gerald Gooding will join us. All right. Danny Broussard will join us from KLFY and STM, respectively. Uh, we'll talk to Kevin Rogers. I was going to give K-Rodge the day off because, you know, there's not a whole lot going on except yesterday, you know, the NBA announced we want gambling and we want to cut. So we're going we're gonna to talk to Kevin Rogers, who, you know, may end up with a raise. Because if the NBA is going to do it, you know the NFL is going to do it, and baseball is going to be next. They'll be last, only because of their history, but they're going to end up doing it. All right. And then uh, in between, though, we got a couple other guests. Bryce Washington will join us. Uh, the Cajuns, big basketball game tonight. I got my black on. All right. Don't expect a, a wardrobe change for tonight. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll be ready for the blackout. No cheering from the press box. So we'll talk to Bryce Washington about the Cajun season so far and where he's going. And he's a little part of Mardi Gras here. He's got some big news about that. And uh, Thomas Morstead will join us. The Saints punter who has raised hundreds of thousands of dollars now through his foundation. Not only here in Louisiana and for the Children's Hospital in New Orleans, but the Vikings fans gave a bunch of money. Complete respect uh, to school uh, because Thomas came out. And, you know, does he get to go to arbitration now as a lineman? Does he get, to, does he get a raise? And does it even count because they took a knee, even though a lot of people who had the Saints five and a half were very happy about that point. That didn't go through. All right. So, again, 706-0111. We talked yesterday about Drew Brees. We posted that video up on there about 
is he going to be? He's he's got to sign a contract with. He's got to sign a contract with uh, the Saints. All right. Now they're saying everything is right. With he wants to be here, and the Saints want him back. Now remember, you know, anytime Drew Brees is at a contract, there hasn't really been a. I don't know if there's even been a renegotiation. Right? They play it till the end, and then he signs. All right? So he was, let's see, I mean, he had a $30 million signing bonus last time out. Average salary was twenty four, almost $24.5 million. He has a cap hit, oddly enough, of $18 million because... The contract was supposed to go, there was a five-year deal, but only the first two were guaranteed. And the Saints and Mickey Loomis are really, really good about pushing the, uh, you know, kicking the can down the road. We'll worry about it later. We'll worry about it later. We'll worry about it later. And they're going to do it again. All right. Because now he's got an $18 million cap hit for this year. And they're going to spread that out over probably three years or at least two if not three, right? So what you can do is you take that cap hit, make it a signing bonus, spread it over whatever the length of the contract is. So now all of the Louisiana media, New Orleans media really, uh, not only covering uh, LSU at the Senior Bowl and the half a dozen guys that are there for that, but covering Mickey Loomis and the Saints because – uh, not only are they are they there, but actually isn't Peyton isn't Peyton uh, doing the Pro Bowl? Peyton's coaching the Pro Bowl, right? So Peyton's actually in Orlando, but Mickey Loomis is at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, and it's a lot easier to get to Mobile from New Orleans than it is to Orlando, right? I mean, that is, the, in fact, it may be easier to get from New Orleans to Mobile, a two-hour jaunt, than it is to get from here to New Orleans through Baton Rouge, right? With the traffic, the only problem is the tunnel in Mobile. Other than that. Let's hear what Mickey Loomis had to say about Drew Brees. You know, I don't, I don't know that there's a target date. Obviously, we want to get him signed and, and uh, want him to be our quarterback, you know, for as long as he wants to be our quarterback. Uh, um, so, um, you know, I, I'm not anticipating any problems. And, you know, I know that Drew wants to be with the New Orleans Saints, and the New Orleans Saints want Drew Brees. So, uh, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. All right. So, that's the deal. They're going to make it happen. That's got to be before March 14th. Because on March 14th, what do you get? You get free agency. And then all of a sudden after that, the Broncos can come calling. The Vikings can come calling. And is that really about it? Do the Chiefs come calling? You know, I don't think the Dolphins are ready to compete. And he wouldn't go to there anyways, right? Ben Love is is big in pointing out that, you know, the best chance that Drew Brees has to win a Super Bowl is right where he is. And again, it's an odd deal where the the Saints are actually, if you can imagine this, they actually are reloading. They are trying to win and reloading at the same time with all their young players and young veterans. And who knows, maybe Mark Ingram sticks around. All right, Mark Ingram is basically looking at his last contract, his last big contract. Other than that, he's going to be you know, a two-year deal here. But he's looking at one more big contract, and he's earned it. Whether it's with the Saints or not, we'll see. But, you know, you add a tight end in there. You add another wide receiver or two in there. You get a pass rusher back. Maybe Alex Okafor comes back. Kikaha comes back. 
you need some depth on the offensive line, and you know you got some pieces, right? I mean, the linebacking that you need is injured, so maybe they come back and they're good enough. You don't need to really fill that spot; they just have to stay healthy, right? And if Delvin Bro comes back, you really got that side covered, and you got Lattimore covered, and if Marcus Williams recovers from his, you know, playoff game faux pas, really good. And the guy I'm worried about is more like Von Bell. All right, I did not. There weren't too many plays this year that Von Bell made. Marcus Williams made a whole lot more plays than Von Bell. Unfortunately, he didn't make the last play he needed to play. He needed to make. Okay. So the, so the Saints are rebuilding at the same time. You know, they were 10 seconds away from being in the Saints, for the being in the NFC Championship game. All right. So he goes, there's, can we hear that again? There's no timetable? There is absolutely a deadline. You know, I don't, I don't know that there's a target date. Obviously, we want to get him signed and, and uh, want him to be our quarterback, you know, for as long as he wants to be our quarterback. Uh, um, so, um, you know, I, I'm not anticipating any problems. And, you know, I know that Drew wants to be with the New Orleans Saints, and the New Orleans Saints want Drew Brees. So, uh, we'll make it happen. All right. So, there you go. All right. Did he say no deadline? No timetable. He said no timetable. But there is a deadline, and that deadline, don't kid yourself, that deadline is March 14th. They got two months to get this done. I will be shocked, Cody, if it's not a three-year deal. He may not play all three years, right? And that's where the, you know, where the whole, uh, where the whole, uh, you know, free agency, you know, where the whole salary cap comes into play, right? And that's when you're that's that's when you're gonna be in purgatory a little bit when um when he does retire, right? That that's that's when you're gonna get it that's when you're gonna get it done. All right. So uh we shall see if that's the case. All right, I think we do have uh breaking news here, Cody. All right. I think we do have breaking news. It's always interesting doing eighteen different things at one time. Uh I believe we are streaming. Yeah, there you go. I can't t- I can't type and talk at the same time, and yet I figure this one out all all doing it at the same time. I think we are streaming on our website in my blog. All right, Schultz's soapbox. So you go to uh, 1037thegame.com. dot because a lot of people, I mean, most people are on Facebook, but we're on Twitter, and a lot of people are not on Twitter. So you go to 1037thegame.com. dot com. Let's see if this is the case. I probably need to press publish is what I need to press here. Hold on. Publish. One last step. Always the last step. What's the next step? Because I think we're there. Dave Schultz's blog. And we'll update it here in a second. And we'll come back and see if it's the case. Because I think we're we're about good to go. Um, All right. Pelicans with a big win. And they didn't play their best. Certainly the two All-Stars didn't. And they got away with one. Big time. Because the Hornets missed a lot of free throws. All right, we'll be back again. There is maybe not a timetable for the Saints and Breeze. But there certainly is a deadline. There's not that many teams that want them or need them. But there's a couple. Denver and Minnesota. They better get this done. They got two months to do it. Back after this. On a Thursday morning sports chat on Acadiana Sports Station. 1037 The Game. 1037thegame.com. All right, Dave Schultz, Cody Schultz. 
on a Thursday morning sports chat. All right, we have figured it out, unbelievably so. All right, if you're not on Twitter, all right, which is a little bit limited, uh, you can follow it on 1037thegame.com. On, uh, you go to the blogs and go to, I'm um, listed first, David Schultz's blogs, and uh, go there, all right? Still having a little issue with the camera, per se. But um, well, we'll just move the camera to where it was. We need another We need another uh, uh, mini tripod here, Cody, is what we need. We need another little mini tripod. All right. Better angle. Kind of looking up. Camera's kind of looking up at me instead of even. So, All right. Uh, anybody nervous? You nervous about Drew Brees coming back, Cody? Any... No. I mean, I'm not. Not right now. I'm nervous about the team spending too much money on bringing Drew Brees back. But it, him coming back? No, because... Well, what's too much money? I mean, he's going to get $25 million, right? Right, that, but that's what I'm saying. We, right. He's going to get the, that end-of-your-career Hall of Famer sure. status money, but right. um, let's not lock him up for you. Just just a dumb deal. Just You know what I mean? Blatantly, obviously dumb which I don't put it past the Saints right. to consider at the very least something right, like right, that. Right, right, right. I mean, you get past three years, that's a lot. He's 39. I'm going to go three years, $75 million. He's not Tom He's not built like Tom Brady. He's not. I just don't think at 32. Well, actually, I don't, no, he's not as tall, so he's not necessarily as big, but he's just as thick, if not thicker. Okay. All right, I mean, Tom Brady's a big boy. All right, right. We don't understand that. He's like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, yeah. All right, uh... You know, there was a picture after they played. Jameis Winston, who's not small by any means, is looking up to Tom Brady. Right. All right. Big literally, Ben. Big literally ben and, and figuratively. Well, Big Ben is. He's a C- big couple ben, inches, right? but Just but a couple inches. Yeah, though. Tom Brady's looking up to him, but, you know, Roethlisberger's 6'6". Six, six, right. Right. So, you know. So Brady's not, you know, you're right. Brady's not stretching his neck to look up to Roethlisberger. Right. And remember, <clears throat> Alan Michael, it was Roethlisberger who asked for the autographed jersey of Tom and not the other way around. Can I have your jersey, TB? You remember that? He did. He they didn't play in the regular. He was he was out for the regular season game last year, mm-hmm. and he blatantly goes, you know, is there any jersey? I, I hate asking you, but I, you know, kind of want one. <laughs> I guess the rule is don't ask for an autograph from someone you just played against. Well, he did it b- b- before the game. Yeah, right? Technically, you play in the game. Technically, <laughs> well, he did it before the game, right? And who knows if he knew he was mic'd up, he certainly knew the camera was there. Right. You know, especially any time that Brady and Roethlisberger are going to talk for 30 seconds. I don't even know it was a 30-second conversation. Hey, wish you were playing. Yada, 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 get better. You know, can I get an autographed jersey? Sure. Come come see me right. after the game. For all we know, Roethlisberger's got a closet full of autographed yes. jerseys. Yes, yes, yes. He's, and it's either guys he's quarterback against. It could be very well. It could be him. It could be for him personally, or it could be for his charity. Right? right. Though, I'm not sure I'm, though I'm not sure how many people in Pittsburgh are signing, signing up for a Brady autographed jersey. Right. That's the difference. I would you know, think one. one. Yeah, exactly. I one. Uh, you know, who knows? All right. But that's all it takes to raise some money. And plus, it goes to a good cause. So you're kind of, you know, who knows? You could go buy it to burn it, <laughs> you know, as a Steeler fan. All right. 706 And we are streaming live, unbelievably, on our webpage, 1037thegame.com. Uh, it's an, on the blog page, so you go to blogs in the headings, Dave Schultz, and it should be right up there. We need a, uh, what we need, Cody, is a be right back after this message. Right, a little right. bumper so, deal. A little, little, little uh, 
thing I can put up there and change it, you know, it only takes less than a minute. But it's just a sports chat is the picture. And so you know, you you know the how, it, how to whatever the button you need to push when you you know in between for breaks or whatever to put that live on screen. I think so. Oh, okay, uh, cool. You just interchange the featured picture. Well, when I have some together, I'll email it on over to right. you. Right. Well, we'll get uh, we'll get Hernandez on that. You know, or back even after there. this, and hopefully we can get it to where it's on the front page of the website, which is a lot easier. But we, I mean, we got. I mean, talk about a TV studio right now, right? I got the three cameras. I got the Twitter periscope going. I got the video camera to record the show. Uh, I got the Mevo camera, which also can record the show, though it's not doing it right now. My phone, that's how you're getting the audio directly into the YouTube page. So we got we got way too much going on. Hopefully we can narrow it down and get everything through uh, Mevo. I think we can do uh, uh, through the website and a Twitter can't do more than Facebook. You can't do anything. Facebook only allows you to do it to Facebook on its own. So we could probably do it to, and it's also on YouTube, as it turns out. That's where we're getting it through YouTube onto my webpage. And it doesn't really cost anything as of right now. So uh, we'll see if we're breaking rules, which we probably are. All right, 706-0111, I forgot last night we had the benefit of uh, the Pelicans playing on the East Coast against Charlotte. Game's over by bedtime, right? And I missed it. But the Hornets do hang on to defeat, or I should say the Pelicans hang on to defeat the Hornets 101-96. They got off to another great start, 32-21 after one, but basically tied going into half. It was, uh, what, 56-53. Uh, so their 11-point lead is down to, uh, what I say, three points, which is okay. Tied after the third, so kind of, a, again, a crappy third quarter, only 20 points in the third, and they hung on to win 101-96. But this is not the kind of game that the Pelicans normally win, which now they have won five in a row, by the way, Cody. Six out of their last seven. High watermark of the season, 26-21. and 21. Five games over, 500. But this is not a typical game, all right? I mean, Boogie and Anthony Davis averaged over 50 points a game. They got 35. Boogie Cousins was 5 of 10 in foul trouble throughout the night. Did have 13 rebounds, 5 assists, even had 5 blocks. But he had all of 16 points. Anthony Davis, all of 7 to 16, and all of 6 rebounds. How does Anthony Davis get sick? Don't you get 6 rebounds by mistake? Right. If you're Anthony Davis. If you're 7 foot tall. Does it, do you have in front of you how many steals AD had? AD had 3. Okay, I just wanted because that was... The game, they did have it, 10 blocks, by the way. Oh, wow. Not, okay. not him. The, the, the team had 10 blocks. I did. I saw a lot of stuff about the defense was right. good, or supposedly, but I was just curious because that's kind of how the game ended last night. AD uh, coming down with a steal. It was 100-96, to 96, I believe, was the okay. score. And uh, the Hornets were trying to get in the paint. There was like 15 seconds left, and right. AD just long-armed out, knocked the right. pass down, picked it up. They had to foul, and that was the ball game. It should be, it, it, again, don't overlook it because, boy, they won. That's a good job. Yeah. The reason they won is because Charlotte was 18-31 of 31 from the free throw line. 58%. You lose by five and you miss 13 free throws. Think if you even make half of those, certainly you're in the ballgame. But nonetheless, the Pelicans do not play their best and come away with a win over not such a good team who's looking to trade their point guard, allegedly. 19-27. and 27. It's a good job by the Pelicans. That's a real good job by the Pelicans. All right, let's take a timeout. Let's talk some Cajuns. I like the way that Ben Love kind of set me straight 
in terms of the attendance. So we're not going to talk about that. Anyway, the reasons for it, I still am hoping for 15000 over the next two ballgames. You know, you can, guy can dream. A guy can dream. All right, we'll be back after this. Stay tuned for more sports chat on Acadiana Sports Station. 1037 The Game, 1037thegame.com. All right, back on a Thursday edition of Sports Chat. We tried to, uh, I guess I didn't specifically ask, and I should have. Try to get Kevin Falk to come in for an hour next week and basically talk Patriots and have, you know, most of South Louisiana gag me with a spoon as we would talk Patriots for an hour. But he said, I don't know my schedule next week, so I can't. A couple hours later, whoa, press release, director of player development. Congratulations to Kevin Falk. Be interesting to see where that goes. Right? Does he want it? Should I ask him if he wanted to come on today or tomorrow? I'm sure someone will. Uh, where does he want to go with it? Does he want to be a coach? I mean, is that the idea eventually? Running backs coach? Something, right? He wants to be on the field somewhere, I would think. Right. Do we know this, what this do we know what this position is? Because it is not a game day no. position. He is uh well the title is and the, he can't recruit. Right. The title's director of player development. Right. And what I read it said that he will work with the Tiger football team, or the players, on their academic direction. So keeping your grades up, staying eligible grades-wise. So basically he's going to class to make sure that they're in class. Yeah, calling them probably every morning, you know, you know what I mean, making sure they're moving. It, uh, social development, so uh, no Jameis Winston standing on the table in the lunchroom right. issues, none, none of that. Okay. And then finally it said just an overall quality of campus life, so just... Staying out of trouble. You're if you're a Leonard Fournette, you know you can't cause this huge scene in the middle of the quad on a random Tuesday because you know then madness ensues. I, I assume kind of stuff like that. So all right, just, he's so the it's don't, already guys that are here. Right, he's the don't be dumb coach. There you go. That's a good way of putting it. All right, but yeah, as far as DeAndre Francois, right, right, even uh, though nothing was found there, but. Someone called somebody. Valentine, right? Wasn't that what was his uh, defensive lineman? It wasn't Valentine. What Trevante Valentine? Am I making that up? Okay, was that an issue? Wasn't that always just class? Right, right. But I'm just saying. But Kevin Falk could maybe have mentored him, maybe too. Oh, y- yeah. I think that was more of a Before school issue. Yeah. I think it was more of a school issue than anything else. And it may have had something to do with a lot of you know. What was how, how did he get his grades in high school? I mean, there was always something a little shady, right? Know, deeper right? down the rabbit hole, and you know. Well, maybe he can help uh, Tyler Shelvin, right? I mean, we, that's and that's a big guy, literally a big guy. But you know, we think that's going to be a big part of next year's LSU's football team, right? Supposedly, right. I mean, he's a heck of a motivator, Kevin right. Falk. Sure is, and I mean, right. when you and and if Shelvin is, you know, eligible, you know, he's your emergency place kicker. I mean, that would be awesome. For the Tigers at this you, point. Could you imagine how much video that would give the SEC Network? You know. Non-style. It would be on every commercial. Pound, every 300-pound place kicker. Better than Jared Lorenzen from <laughs> Kentucky. Right. That would be awesome. All right, well, anyways, congratulations to Kevin Falk, new director of player development with uh, LSU. So now uh, Karen Crow needs an offensive coordinator. Right. I mean, could you think of, uh, and maybe there is someone, but I don't know. If you're sitting there as an LSU football player, 
and you've got, you know, your practice gear on, your, you know, your sweatpants or whatever the case is, you know, you're in your LSU gear, right. and you sit down, and, and next to you on the bench or across the table right. is Kevin Falk, and he's telling you what it means to be a Tiger, what you've got to do to uphold, you know, the standards of LSU, and this and that. I mean, there are few people I think it means more Careful. than coming from. Careful. Careful. Did you see Kevin Falk play in high school? No. Did you see him play in college? Yes. You a did? A little bit. I mean, highlights. I'm right. young, but... And how old are you? 27. And what do you think a uh, 16-year-old? They may or may not have seen Kevin Falk Well, play. not that they've seen him, but he is the leading rusher in LSU history. All right. I mean, he's that name. He's got clout right. when it comes to... Right. And then the I, and, and Super Bowl I don't, I don't championships. Take, I'm not taking anything from Kevin Falk. All right? Right. How many people would know that coming into the program? I guess you would know that maybe I would say the majority of them would definitely recognize the name, but the specific everybody around here knows him. All right, I'm still in all of them because he's a Patriots guy, right? I mean, I, I rarely missed a Patriots game, right? Honestly, from 2000 to now. All right, so I I watch him throughout his professional career, so I know who he is. Right, I'm not so sure teenagers know who he is. That's all I'm saying. Now, now, if you tell him he's the LSU leading rusher, okay, right? Yeah. Once he, I guess, if you if you don't recognize him once he runs down the resume, then I suppose. But I'm I'm just saying, yeah, there is a generational gap there. I uh, that that's that's the thing. They're not exactly sure. I mean, I guess you'd know him if you're from Louisiana. You would you, recognize you'd have heard him, of him, yes, right? Exactly. Yeah. I would think so, right? I mean, he's I'll a legend. He's a high school and college legend. Right. He's LSU Sports Hall of Fame. Right. Sports Hall of yeah. Fame. Yeah, yeah. So if you're from Louisiana, yeah, you'd know him, right? Right. But you're not. You may know him from, you know, his Patriots days, but even that's now almost a handful of years behind him. Right. I'm just saying, you know, time goes fast. And another, you know, th- think about it if he's still doing the same thing in five years, right? He, he's talking to, that's 12-year-olds right now. 13-year-olds. Goes fast. People get forgotten pretty quickly. You're right. You're right. You know, it, just, it get to one of those cases where it's Kevin Falk. I, I know that. I, I that know, would be cool but, for me. Oh, I, right? yeah, exactly. Uh, I'd be, I was dying to have him in here for an hour. But the the 17-year-old kid from Northern California that comes to play, to, you know, I, I get your point. I do get your point. Texas, Mississippi, Arkansas, South Florida. I don't even know who they look up to anymore now, right? Right, I mean, I'll, I mean, it was Adrian Peterson? It was. All right. So if I gave you, if I gave you to a, Louis, uh, a South Florida kid, right, South Florida, mm-hmm. if I showed him a picture of Lashawn McCoy or Kevin Falk and asked him who they were, who do you think they'd know? Lashawn McCoy. Adrian Peterson, same thing. Right. Right. You know, and I guess now you know, Alvin Kamara, he, he's recognizable with, the, with right. the bull ring and sure. the dreads. And, sure. So, you're right. You, you know? think if they if they cut his hair, if they cut Kamara's hair and he took the nose ring out, people would recognize him? I think a picture of him, people right. would struggle, but uh, his mannerisms are very recognizable as well. When just the way he moves and the way uh, he, he... Well, yeah, but you're not looking at you're not seeing that in a picture. That's what I'm saying. So a picture, it would be confusing, but... Walking on the street, you'd probably still pick up like All right. I would at least. But. All right. But, I mean, did you see Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts cut off his uh, braids, dreadlocks, I, what do you want to call them? And see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He is. He shaved. 
He said if we win the national championship, they're coming off. He is much more aerodynamic. Uh, so I'm just saying, I'm just saying, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you photoshopped, if you photoshopped, you know, a tight throw on Camara, would you be able to pick him out? Saints fans could. I'm not sure how many other people could. <laughs> but again, if you put in, you know, if if I got a picture of Shady McCoy, and I got a picture of Kevin Falk, and no uniform or anything, and no names. And I asked a kid from South Florida who it was. Bet you they'd pick, be able to pick up one of them and not the other. Yeah, Kevin Falk had an outstanding pro career. He's just never the guy. And that's got to do with just that's the Patriots' way. Nobody needs well, to He was a third down back. Yeah. He was a third down back. Did his job damn well. Had some fumble issues early on. Figured that out. Uh, one or two off the field issues. But, you know, he was around a long time. Couldn't have been that many off the field issues because Belichick would have got rid of him. Anyways, congratulations to Falk. Uh, hopefully it works out. We'll see if he wants to you know, progress and uh, become uh, an on-field coach. You would think that would be the case. That's a heck of a commute every day, though, isn't it? Is he going to get a place there? One hour, 30 minutes, I would suppose. Because it's an hour to get to campus, and then however long it takes once you're on campus to park and get where you got to go. And... Well, I mean, I, he's got to be leaving at 6. Right, if you leave at seven thirty, he's not parking probably until nine thirty. Oh, he leaves at seven thirty. Yeah, with traffic on top of that. Right. Yeah, getting yeah, you over want the to avoid traffic. But right? you, you get to take that exit off the bridge. It helps you a little bit, but you're still getting to it is uh, no fun. Yeah, so it, you know. But if you leave at six, you should be okay, right? I mean, six to get there for eight. Is that what we're well, saying? I want to avoid. Well, yeah, I'm trying to avoid the traffic. Then leave. <laughs> Leave for six, and you should be good. You know, leave for. What like, time would you hit the Lobdell exit? Because that's generally where the traffic backs up. Right, I would say traffic at Lobdell probably rolls in between seven and eight. Yeah, so if I leave at six, you could leave Karen Crow, Right, you he's could, gonna just about avoid that traffic. Right, because you're you know, already on. You'd much rather though. go grab a cup of coffee and be early than be frustrated and sitting in traffic. Now, somewhere along the way, there's going to be an accident on the basin. You know, it's, right. you know, truck's going to break down. Right. But the majority of the time, you know, and if that's the case, you know, sometimes you go around, that'll take you a while. Uh, but it is what it is. All right. Oh, we got rid of that segment. That worked. I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see if this transitions to anything else inside of LSU's program. You know, does he end up? I don't up- think he's leaving. Okay. I, You're right. He could I mean, have been- he came back here. He could have done anything, right? Yeah. The only thing he's concerned about now is when he starts and if he gets to go away for this weekend. That's it. That's all he's concerned about. A lot of responsibility, Maybe getting a little apartment on campus. Right. You don't want to. Well, you don't want to do that commute. And he may not need it for a game day. Because they may be putting him up in a hotel anyways. But you get a little, you know, you get a little apartment on campus, a little two-bedroom. So you stay over on a Friday, enjoy Friday night in Baton Rouge and not have to deal with... All the rigmarole on, right. on a Saturday. <laughs> Could you imagine Kevin Falk? He can afford it, by the way. After a Saturday night game in Tiger Stadium. Yeah, why would he want Fighting to the traffic to get yeah. back to Lafayette. Why would he want to do that? Chill. Go have a nice brunch. Rufino serves brunch over there as well, right? You speak the truth, Dave. That's right. All right. Uh, we'll be back. Hall of Fame class announced yesterday. All right, so we can actually do some baseball. But I do want to talk Cajuns. 
We'll do that next. We're taking on South Ale tonight at the Cajun Dome. It's a blackout. Back after this on Acadiana Sports Station. 1037 The Game, 1037thegame.com. All right, Dave Schultz, Cody Schultz. Welcome back to a Thursday edition of Sports Chat. Welcome to give us a call, 706 Forgot to wish my brother Eric, get that right, my brother Eric a happy birthday yesterday. And truth be told, I'm embarrassed about this. I don't remember his birthday. I always think it's today. I think my cousin's is today. My cousin Sydney is today. And uh, he's yesterday. If it wasn't for Facebook, I would have forgotten. Not good. But we did call him. A little under the weather. And then uh, went out to dinner last night. So, well, not with him, but he went. He went out to dinner in D.C. So, happy birthday to Eric Howold. So, what am I, Cody? 48 and a half. This is information you're giving me. I'll accept it. Right. So, yeah. Born in 69. So, next year. Yeah. So, next year we turn 49. Uh, Let's see. He was born in 1980. So that's uh, 2037. Eight. Right? Eight. Eight. 38. Yeah. Man. Oh, I was super genius. I was confused because I, I'm I'm one of the lucky ones born on a year that ends in zero as well. Okay. In 90. Right. right. So my birthday's always real simple for me to remember how old I am. Right. So I was I was thinking to myself, I was like, if I do the math, it's just add ten to my age. Right. But then you you confuse, right. but we're good. No. Yeah. Thirty eight. Thirty eight. I'm gonna be forty nine. Just saying. <laughs> See, my dad ages with the Super Bowl. He's, however, oh, wow. he, ter- okay. he turns whatever. 52. Yeah, whatever year All the right. Super Bowl is. 67. He, his birthday's in December. Right. And then uh, the Super Bowl's in February. Okay. So in December, he turns the number of the Super Bowl. All right. Nice. Easy to remember. All right. There you go. If and, you remember the Super Bowl, 52. And since we're doing birthdays. But yeah. I can't I can't get that right. I don't remember that on a year-to-year basis. Like, if I told you who was in Super Bowl, if I asked you who was in Super Bowl 38, I can't do that. No, no. I'm not the Schwab, or remember the show, no. Beat the Schwami, or whatever yeah, that was? Yeah, and I used no, to be able to no do chance. that with World Series, but I really can't anymore. No, no chance. And then, as far as my brothers and sisters go, right? I don't, I know their ages probably give or take two. <laughs> well, I know my brother's ages. So I, I, always, I mean, other than I just didn't do the math from seven to eight. No, not that. I, but right. I always remember, I can remember the date of their birthday, but then it's, you know, when I message them, there's never a, hey, happy 20-whatever-ith birthday, because oh, yeah. that's where I get a little lost. But the dates, I could usually remember. Yeah. Now, Facebook reminded me of it yesterday. I know the other brother's November 13th. Father's October 26th. And mom's April 21st. Remember that. My mom's January 25th. That's, that's today. Oh, that oh, oh, what's today? today? Well, what's today? today? Happy birthday, Mom. I'm not sure if she's up in... uh, She's up, but I don't know if she's out of the house yet, but happy birthday to you. All right, good job. Uh, We'll see her tonight, I'm sure. We'll go grab some food or something. All right, very cool. All right, uh, 337-706-0111, 706-0111. We were talking about whether Drew Brees will stick around. I mean, I think he is right now, but the closer you get to the deadline on March 14th, that may change dramatically. All right. Now, things generally may not get done until there's a deadline. That seems to happen, whether it's, you know, people on strike with unions or other contract negotiations or you slip it past the deadline where the government's shutting down and, you know, things don't happen, you know, until they need to happen. So they got a couple of months, right? Peyton's doing the Pro Bowl. Mickey Loomis looking at the Senior Bowl. 
Somewhere along the way, there may be a week off or two, right, before the draft. And then you can work on Peyton's contract. I will say it sounds like Bell and Pittsburgh are going to get a contract together. That seemed to pop out out of nowhere yesterday because I thought that may not happen. But that seems to be happening quickly so they can get it behind them fast. Um, All right, tonight, Cajuns looking for their, not only their eighth straight win this year, but I'm sure, I'm, I'm pretty sure their 13th straight win at home. Their last home loss was in February 2017 to Troy. <coughs> and they have not lost since. They have not really played in a close ball game, certainly uh, recently here, Cody. They, and by close ball game, first of all, they're leading the, the league in scoring margin, which is 20. Uh they also lead the league, I guess, in no surprise in scoring offense and scoring defense. So that has something to do with that, obviously. Uh, and so they just have not had a, a close ball game. So that would be the one thing that if I'm an opponent, let's see if we can get this into the last five minutes. Um, they did have, what was it? Was it Little Rock? It was actually 77-77 in the last few minutes um no it was arkansas Arkansas state State. arkansas state they went on a run at the end of the game so that's about uh that's about it that's their closest game that was tied at halftime but they had a couple of guys in foul trouble arkansas state was shooting the lights out and it was still tied at 40 and actually the cajuns had a chance to have the lead at half and it was tied i'm pretty sure it was tied here see stove it was tied at uh, 74 actually Ty Cockfield made a three-pointer, and that tied it up 74-74 with 3.57 left to go. Final score is 88-78. That's a nice 14-4 run in the last four minutes of the ballgame. Very nice. That's about as close. Pretty sure that may be their closest ballgame of wins. Obviously, they've lost to Clemson and and Ole Miss and uh, Wyoming. I don't that Wyoming game. That Wyoming game was a little bit disappointing. That's about it. But other than that, I mean, you know, they beat Iowa by nine. That may be their closest one. Lost to Wyoming by nine. Not bad. They did beat Richmond by six. All right. They beat McNeese by 11. They blew Nichols out. Blew Louisiana out. Louisiana College. They did go to La Tech and win by four. So there's a close win. All right. South Louisiana, not double digits. Lost to Clemson by almost 30. All right. So they've had a bunch of blowouts in the Sunbelt Conference. I would expect these to be blowouts as well, but we'll see. All right. Blackout. Should be a big crowd. Again, I'm hoping for 6,000. And, you know, Ben Love set me straight by. That'll be pretty good. All right. You're not getting in that. You know, they don't have the pro prospects. They don't have a superstar like Shaquille O'Neal. And they're not playing top 25 teams. But they're pretty good. See if they start getting some national pub if they get to 20 wins by next Saturday. All right, we'll be back. The big guy joining us, Gerald Gruning, hopping on a Thursday morning sports chat. Come back after this on Acadiana's number one rated sports talk station. 1037 The Game, 1037thegame.com. 
live and local from the ShopRite Tobacco Plus studios in Upper Lafayette. This is Acadiana Sports Station. 1037 The Game and 1037thegame.com. KLWB, Karen Crow Lafayette. Just after 7 o'clock. And Sports Chat with Dave Schultz starts now. Connect on Facebook or follow on Twitter at 1037thegame. Listen live with the 1037thegame mobile app or online at 1037thegame.com. All right, place your bets, place your bets. And now, Dave Schultz. Super genius. It's on right now. now. Schultz, Cody Shoots. Back on a Thursday morning sports chat on Acadiana's reigning, defending, undisputed number one sports talk station, 1037 The Game. We're uh, reaching out to find the big guy, Gerald Gruden. I already spoke to him this morning, so he must be busy, is the only thing. Uh, 706-0111, 706-0111. I guess the one thing we didn't do yesterday, um, and it came out Thursday, and I'm a little bit disappointed, that's on me, uh, Jazz Fest announced. The 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 great Jazz Fest lineup, uh, Aretha, um, Aerosmith, Sting, I saw, but um, it's looking pretty good. Who do you got? Aerosmith, Aretha, Sting, Buffett, Jack White, Beck, Lionel Richie, all night long. David Byrne, uh, Anita Baker. Wow, thought she'd retired. Uh, Bonnie Raitt, Khalid. Is that DJ Khalid? Is that the DJ? I, I doubt it. Okay, how's yeah. it spelled? K H A L I D. I think the I think DJ Khalid E E E D. If I'm not okay. mistaken. Okay, all right. Sturgill Simpson, Cheryl Crow, Common. Cage the Elephant, uh, the Revivalists, who I believe we play over at there at 1063. Uh, the Steve Miller Band, that's pretty good. Aaron Neville and uh, Jason Isbell. All right. That's among uh, among the many. Many more than that, obviously. All right. Uh, we'll take your calls. We can take your calls in the next segment. But we found him. We tracked him down. He's the big guy from KLFY. It's Gerald Grunick. Yes! 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 I've decided, and obviously that just doesn't get old. In fact, that should be my alarm in the morning. Lord, you know what's you know what's funny, Dave, is that I think I am some people's alarm in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> if you, you set your TV timer to five a.m. on Channel Ten, man, you get that first thing on Fosfot too. So, uh, yeah, sorry, sorry for the delay, man. That's all right. Up. The United Way of Acadiana has their bucket brigade where they're trying to. Uh, fundraise so we were over at basin arts they got some cool stuff going on downtown lafayette so i apologize man so i'm locked and loaded and ready for you baby that's all right all right are we over the saints loss yet um yeah you know look uh, i think i you know would you say dave when you and i talk i definitely take more of the player side of things when whenever we discuss um certain situations and uh you know, downfalls and triumphs. Would you say I'm more of a – if I were a coach, I'd be a player's coach. Would you agree with that? Uh, Yes, of course. Yeah. So, 
I think, you know, me going around town, whenever people ask me about the Saints game, standing up, uh, you know, standing up for the play, if that makes sense, in regards to the logic and the way it unfolded. An unfortunate situation, but I think, you know, it, it's definitely setting up for – talk about juice heading into an off season in regards sure. to where you should be, uh, motivation, right. yep. um, and really having an opportunity to go, hey, man, we should have been here, but now it's our time to show everybody. Because this year, your locker room may have known, but, I mean, it actually came to fruition after going 0-2. Now let's see if the Saints can start off on another 13-0 tear like they did in 2009. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, they probably know a couple things like Jacksonville does and probably Pittsburgh does. Somehow they need home field advantage. Right. You know, if they get home field advantage, no and it's and it's and it's very interesting here because you know I'm not sure the Patriots are doing it or anybody else is doing it. You know when you know Rogers retires, who knows what the Packers are going to be like? You know when Brady retires, it's not looking good. When uh, Roethlisberger retires, you know they got a couple of guys, but we'll see what happens. Um, the Saints are kind of rebuilding on the fly. They have this young, extremely young nucleus, and you know Cam Jordan is a young veteran, right? Willie Snead, a young veteran, if he comes back. Mark Ingram is a young veteran. You know, these guys are not in their 30s. The only one who's really old is, well, the quarterback. Well, and it sets up, uh, you know, look, you think about the futures of franchises, and so many, um, you know, are there are uh, so many franchises that wish they had Drew for a few more good years, you know? Right. And I think despite, because look at Drew Brees when he was peaking, man. How many 7-9 slash mediocre seasons? have the Saints had since he joined in 2006, probably sure. close to half of them. The two years after they came in 2006, they struggled. Then they went through this. They didn't have a great year after the Super Bowl. What, 2012, they struggled. And then uh, they had three years of 7-9. and nine. So having a great quarterback doesn't necessarily turn into wins and losses. Having a great quarterback puts you in a great situation to be successful when the cards fall into place. Right now, the cards are in place, and as long as Drew Brees has left is how long the Saints roster will be, I think, um, in a situation where they're contending. Because the reality of football is young bucks prove they can play well, and then a, a, a team has to make a decision whether or not to let you go as a free agent or let somebody else pay you. That's just the way the NFL works out. So uh, I think the Saints have that window, and I think they know what that window is, and it's realistically the next, you know, uh, one to three years. Yeah, so we're talking with Gerald Gooding from KLFY, so it's interesting you brought it up, you know, how many other teams want him out there. We had Phil Mackey on from uh, Minneapolis, and basically right after the Saints or the uh, Vikings lost to the Eagles, he's like, the Saints should go all in on Drew Brees and not let him go. So whereas Mickey Loomis yesterday told the New Orleans media there is no timetable to sign Drew Brees, there's certainly a deadline, and that's March 14th before you get to free agency. Otherwise, we'll see how far the uh, you know Vikings want to go and how far the Saints want to go. Because if the Vikings come calling and say, "Here's four years, a hundred million dollars," Drew, what do the Saints do? Well, what do the Saints? For me, it's what is if it gets to that point. But what does Drew Brees do? I mean, well, you want to win, right? Games, I mean, right? do you think you want to win games? If I throw out, want, if I throw out, ahead, ahead, if I throw out two years, fifty million, right? I would think most fans think that's probably somewhere in the ballpark, right? Right. You'd like it to be a little bit less, only because well, you could go get some other players. But that's what the going rate is for a quarterback. It's probably even on the low side for some of these guys. You know, the Kirk Cousins of the world could get more, right? The Jimmy Garoppolo's right. could end up getting more based on just where they are in their careers and in in their contracts. 
But, you know, so two years, $50 million, but you could see the Vikings going three years, seventy-five, couldn't you? Yeah, because, look, and there's a, there's a reason why people get on. I can't believe the Saints let Scott Vegeta go to Cleveland to wrap up his career. Cleveland paid, man, right. because so many situations, once you win a Super Bowl, things become less important. You know, I just hate to break it to you. It's the truth. There's a reason why you'll see an aging vet that maybe hasn't won a Super Bowl take a pay cut and go play in New England right. compared to an aging vet that's got a Super Bowl right. and go and he'll go play in Cleveland because that's, you know, the, t- the desperate teams are the ones that cut checks, man. Willie McGinnis. So, Willie McGinnis is a great yeah, example of that, right? Kevin Falk's exactly. teammate won three Super Bowls, and Belichick said, you need to go get that money. Right. Yeah. I mean, go do it, man, because yeah. you got to look out for your family. So, And we've known Drew Brees to be one to put the Saints in tough spots because right. he has in the past in contract negotiations. Not necessarily tough, but you got to look out for your own, man. It's a business. In the NFL, yes, you um, do. Yeah. Terry Malone, right? Okay, Terry Malone was the tight ends coach for the New Orleans Saints, right? And I saw, I went to high school with Terry's daughter. And Terry, um, you know, when Jimmy Graham, the contract stuff was going on, uh, Terry Malone, I said, man, so what's up with Jimmy? And then, you know, and he literally was like, man, look, it's a business. Uh, you know, I want to have Jimmy back. I think he helps the team out a lot. But at the same time, look, Jimmy's got to look out for Jimmy, you know? I mean, right. because everybody else is looking out for themselves. And I know there's an emotional attachment when you talk about a fan base and what you want a team to do. But you look, man, Drew's got a family. Drew's got, Drew doesn't want his kids. He wants his kids to be in the best situation, his family to be in the best situation down the road. So the New Orleans Saints will have to get something done by March. Do I think they do it? Absolutely. Do I think they reveal any information beforehand? Absolutely not. And I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, the Saints are with Drew Brees in regards to uh, their future. So I think it's not necessarily pressing. I think what sucks for the Saints is you have teams like the Vikings that are poised to be a Super Bowl contender. Mm. They just need a quarterback. So the that's market right. is there. That's right. You know, there's a market for somebody that's Minnesota when Brett Favre wanted to come back. That's right. You know, like, right. hey, we're just a quarterback away. So there are teams like that. It's just a matter. Jacksonville stuck with Bortles, though, right? For one more year. Yeah. So, uh, well, we'll see. We'll so, see. They're stuck with him on the on the payroll, but we'll see if they're stuck with them. Those are two different things, necessarily. Right. But right. a lot of things can change, and a lot of a lot of curveballs can happen once the Super Bowl has already been won. Right. All right. Couple more questions for the big guy, Joe Greening from KLFY. Pelicans are opening us back in. They've won five in a row. They're a high water mark, uh, over five hundred on the year. They did not play particularly well yesterday, especially Davis and Boogie Cousins, but they got a win on the road against the Hornets. Hornets helped by missing 13 free throws in a five-point ball game. Now they come back, and they got a you know a little bit of a tougher schedule. Houston, the Clippers, they've already lost to Sacramento. They come to town. Then they actually go on the road and have to play Minnesota and Oklahoma City, although not in that order. Uh, any chance this was one, they already got one. Any chance they can win three of the next five ball games? Go four and two oh, and six. Well, look, I think if you're Alvin Gentry, and I know Alvin Gentry definitely takes the approach of, hey, yeah, you know, he's so laid back in everything he does. Really and, laid uh, back. You know, he, he gave he gave a great a great soundbite, you know, because in the media we do because it's fun to talk about postseason. It's fun to talk about you know how team where teams are at, but like in all actuality, it doesn't matter that if they're the five seed right now or the five seed. In, in three months, you know, it's going to change drastically. It's something fun to talk about. 
Now, when it comes to wins and losses and situations in a season, Alvin Gentry, in my opinion, what a great way, right? Because the All-Star break's not far away, right? It is right. not far away. That's right. So you have an opportunity. What, let's talk about momentum heading into an All-Star break. Because that can, look, man, that's like momentum into a, a mini offseason, right? Where you, can, you have the time to develop confidence. It's a lot easier to go into the All-Star break playing well or with excitement. Think about this time last year, the excitement around the Pelicans with Boogie going to New Orleans. Why not ride a wave of excitement and get your guys to play well and have Anthony Davis and Boogie and the guys come together and, and throw some wins together because it's not going to be easy. But, look, three out of five, if you want to win a series in the postseason, you better win three out of five in this stretch. Otherwise, who are you? What are you doing? Well, right. And they are the, you know, I, I think they may pick off Houston. We'll see. All right. The problem is if you pick off Houston and lose to Sacramento, couple games later, not good. You know, that Clippers game is going to be interesting because the Clippers are better than their record would indicate because a lot of their losses were without Blake Griffin, and he's back. All right, uh, where are we eating this week? So, we did the Bucket Brigade thing today, right? So, what we ended up doing, Dave, we went we went back to Tsunami, baby. We went back to Tsunami <laughs> right. downtown Lafayette. Are you a sushi guy? You know what? It all tastes the same to me. You stick it in soy sauce, and it tastes like soy sauce. That's it. I don't, I, I, that is one of the few things I did not do. I probably should have taken, probably could have taken a literally a sushi class. They make it fresh every night where I used to work. And, you know, you got to be a manager on duty every every two months, and they feed you dinner. That was the one bonus. They put you up and feed you dinner, and I never had the sushi for dinner. I should have. But, no, I'm not. Man, look, you know, it's funny, though, the way you're, the, what you say about sushi and soy sauce, I literally say that all the time. When people are like, oh, man, they have the best sushi. I'm like, dude, you can throw, look, as much as I enjoy good sushi, right? Love it, right? I have a hard time going, hey, dude, it's sticky rice. It's sushi rice dipped in spicy mayo and eel sauce. Like, yeah, you know, right. if you throw those sides, like kind of like chicken tenders, dude. You yeah. know, put enough sauce on a wing, you don't yeah. know what it is regardless. That's right. You know? That's right. It, it tastes like chicken. So <laughs> I, I'm with you in that mindset, but Tsunami was awesome. And then once again, you know, the United Way of Acadiana, 90. You know, we're just trying to help them out because, you know, uh, Acadiana, Dave, we see it time and time again when we're in an area in need, right? Or when it's time for us to step up, when things happen, we do. But there's, like, let's prepare a little bit. So that's what the United Way is trying to do in regards to getting some money. So that way, when stuff hits the fan, they'll be ready to help out, whether it's with schools or in the community. So, you know, we're helping out with that. There's my spiel. Food, United Way, Passpot 2, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7. Uh, with Alan Michael at 9.20 on Mondays with you at 7 o'clock. And Dave Schultz, that's a wrap for your boy. Hardest, <laughs> hardest working man in, in Acadiana. Best gig there is in the media around here. By the way, will we see you for the blackout tonight? A little Cajuns basketball? Even you if you're what? not coming, I say saw, yes. I saw, I saw Bob Marlin was handing out was handing out stuff, man. Right. Look, if, if, I, it's, it's appealing, man. I was going to talk to Papa Horchek about it today. It's All appealing, right. man. It's All right, appealing. there you go. Yeah, let's see. All us morning guys, you guys can make it too. I'm there. All right, I will... Uh, I hope to see you tonight, my friend. All right, Dave. You're the man, brother. Thank you, Cody. Talk to you guys later. All right. They're on a little earlier than we are. He starts. Does he start at 5? When's Pospot? He said 5 to 7, right? Yeah. I'm leaving the house at 5-ish. We'll be back after this. Danny Broussard joining us after the bottom of the hour. Sports Chat rolls on on Acadiana Sports Station. 1037 The Game. 1037thegame.com. All right, Dave Schultz, Cody Schutz, 
A little bit long there with the big guy. On a Thursday morning sports chat, we are streaming live on uh, not only on Periscope, but not everybody has a Periscope. But you can see us live on 1037thegame.com. In my blog, you go to 1037thegame.com. You go to blogs, and I'm the first one there, Dave Schultz's blog. It's right there. Or we can actually just, I mean, I think the, uh, let's see what the URL is. I don't think it's that difficult either. Oh, yeah. Hold on. No, no. Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. 1037thegame.com forward slash sports chat dash one dash two five dash 18. And there we are. Woohoo. Looking at myself in the mirror. I got way, by the way, Cody, I got way too many David Schultz's back at me. I got the iPad. I got the computer. I got the phone. And I got the TV. Way too. And the camera. That's funny. One, two, three, four, five. It's like a multi-room, you know, multi-mirror room. There are ten Dave eyes looking at you right now. Freaking me out. (laughs) We'll talk to the head coach of uh, STM, Danny Broussard. Uh, They took a loss, actually. At home, I think. Northside. All right. Um... And so we'll talk to him about what's coming up. We'll see if he is uh, going to be at the blackout tonight. Are you guys going to blackout? Again, I'm not, you know, not going to berate anybody anymore. It is what it is. Ben Love even kind of saying that, you know, 6,000 is pretty good. And throwing money to try and attract uh, new fans or basketball fans is throwing money down the toilet. You're either uh, playing top 25 teams or, you know, the other way, honestly, is to do this for a decade. Or at least four or five years, right? Where they're not losing, you know, double digits in games. Where they only have lost, you know, to two out of the three losses are to power five teams. Ole Miss and Clemson, all right? The other one being Wyoming. You know, so you, you start to do this on a regular basis. And again, you know, they win these two ball games against... Uh, lesser foes in South Alabama and Troy. They can't be looking ahead, but they should beat ULM as well. It should not take a Jonathan Stove half-court heave. I don't think it's going to be a 40-point game, but I don't think it'll be a 10-point game either. It'll be a blowout. should be anyways, barring injury. But you win your 20th ball game by February 3rd, and you have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 games left in the regular season. Potentially 11 games left with the postseason included if you do play three. But all of a sudden, because all these other good teams are going to start playing each other that haven't played each other yet, right? And then maybe they get some losses, and all of a sudden, you know, you're one of 17 or 20 teams to win 20 ball games in a year so far. All of a sudden, you're one of 10 who's won 20 games. And then you're one of... Four to have won twenty-five ball games. You imagine if they're twenty-seven and four going into the postseason play. I'll guarantee you they will get some national notice. They got some national notice uh, when they beat Iowa. Not so much lately, but if they're among the nation's leaders in wins, regardless of being in the Sun Belt and stay undefeated in the conference, though I did give them one loss. 
they're going to get some pub. And you'll get, you'll get some people to say it's tough to, even they'll even say the schedule is soft. Tough to keep a team out that's won 30 of 34 ball games. The only way they're going to get to 30 is they got to win them all, except, well, the last one. And if they win the last one, they'll have 31, and they're going dancing. They may even be higher than a 12 seed. All right, let's talk to uh, the head coach of uh, STM, boys basketball, Danny Broussard. Joins us next on a kid and a sports station. 1037 The Game, 1037thegame.com. All right, Dave Schultz, Cody Shoots on a Thursday morning sports chat. And again, we are, uh, not only are we on the radio, online, on the free mobile app, on TV, on Twitter, but now streaming live on our website, 1037thegame.com. Go to the blogs page, go to my blog, and it's right there. First first one, click that, and we're live, and you got both ends of the conversation. All right? Uh, we will talk to Bryce Washington of the Cajuns in our next segment, but let's go out to the Arco Equipment Hotline and bring in the coach of the STM Cougars boys basketball team, Danny Broussard. Coach, do you take it on the chin against Northside, and did you miss your opportunity? You miss your opportunity to take a psychological timeout. Uh, correct. That's correct. I did both. We did both. We we we, we lost a tough one, man. Northside came, and something that you don't want to do, Davis. You know, you don't. This I this is going to be tough. That I, I I can't see already. The only undefeated team is Westgate, and, and that's the only undefeated team in this. He's still got to go. You know, two on the road to uh, Cancro. Nobody's going to go undefeated in our league. I, I, w- I would anticipate that. And um, but you don't want to lose the home games. You know, and that's what we did right. on uh, on Tuesday night. We dropped the home game. What's the final uh, score there, Coach? Uh, low scoring game, forty one thirty seven. Neither team could score, Dave. The, both defenses were outstanding, but the okay. offenses left little to be desired. Yeah, we we couldn't put the ball in the hole, and that's kind of you got to be able to do that. And we couldn't, but you know, Dave, I, I, I don't know if I told you, but I, you know, uh, I knew going in our side it, it is not a good matchup for us at all because they have a six eight and a six six, and, and, and mm-hmm. we just have you know nobody match up with those guys, and uh, it, it you know. Uh, critical time in the game when uh, we had a we missed the block out on the free throw, you know. And I say we missed the block out. I, I'm not going to say we missed it. We we tried the block out, you know, and maybe the guy might have went over our back, but they, but the officials didn't see it that way, and they get the offensive rebound, put it back in. And I'm talking about a critical time of the game when we, you know, we're still up one at that time. We came, you know, we, we get he gets the, the rebound over us, and so now they go up one. So that's you know at a, at a critical time, two minutes left to go in the game, and that happens. That makes it tough, you know. Talking to head coach Danny Broussard. Uh, you now you got your quarterback. Is the quarterback now playing? Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's out there. He actually he, he's actually kind of not he's not one hundred percent again. He kind of kind of not want to say re injured it, but it's it's it is bothering him a little bit. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't say he was at full speed, uh, but but Caleb did. Yeah, Caleb did play did play on uh, on Tuesday night. Yeah, we had him, uh, and uh, we actually had first for the first game of this year. We actually had our full our full squad. So. Uh, that that is a that is a, a positive, you know. That is a positive. Uh, the bad news is that guess where we have to go tomorrow night to the number. To, well, I take that back. They were they, they they've been won all year long, but but that loss and, and we'll go over that we'll go over the polls in a little bit, Dave. But but that loss. Let's see. I want to see where I find it. That loss dropped them to number three. So they went from number one to number three right. uh, in Karen Crow. But but you know, obviously one three and that doesn't make much of a difference. They they're, they're a very good solid team. And, uh, we got our, we have our hands full. We have, we got to go to Karen Grove tomorrow night. So it's it's a. It, I knew we going in as a rough week. We we said we want to try to split. I didn't want to try to split this way though. I want to try to split at home. But we have the challenge of going to Karen Grove, you know, and playing them over there. The the bad thing about them, Davis, 
Northside's big. They don't have a, gr- a great perimeter shooting team, uh, just as we don't. And so it, it's kind of a, it's a close matchup there, just a size like that. But Caracol's got both. They have size and they have shooters. All those guys can score. In fact, they're, they're big kids are, are can't, can't shoot the three. So, um, uh, you know, that's a, that's a tough challenge for us because they score so many points. Uh, you know, we have to try to try to keep up with them, and, and uh, you know, that's not the strength of our team. So, it's it's not a very good matchup for us on Friday night. But hey, uh, you know, it's on the schedule. We got to go get them. <laughs> got to go out there and try to get them. You don't think you guys were looking ahead at all to? Oh no, 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 no not at all. Okay. Uh, no, no, we weren't looking ahead. No, that wasn't the case. Dave. We just. Uh, like I said, Northside just came in and just battled us, man. They defended us great. Although, like I said, if I can't be this far in our defense, we gave up their best score, scored only four against us. But the Rollins kid, who, you know, we, we, he's capable. We do that going in. I mean, it's not a surprise. It's not a shocker. But we did give him, we did give him a couple of open looks. You know, he drained them. And you, you can't give good shooters open looks. You know, and I was just disappointed in that. Of the 41 points, he got nine of those and, and really kind of uncontested. Now, one of them, as you know how it is, was a loose ball scramble. You would know it's right before halftime. We have a, we got a one or two point lead. I think a one point, no, maybe two point lead, I think. And we're going to have the ball to start the third quarter, which I really liked in a, in a, in a game like that. They never possess support. And guess what happens? Loose ball scramble. They come up with it and they kick it to hit right wide open at the top of the key and he buries it at the buzzer. Mm. So now they got the, they, they got the two point lead and the momentum going into halftime instead of, us having the lead and the ball to start the third, so that was a, a bad exchange right there, you know. So those things happen, but uh, but he got three good looks in that game that we got to do a better job of, of contesting their their better shooters, you know, which we which we didn't do with him. All right, give us the polls. All right, here's our poll for the week, man. All right, now what I did was I I I, I always listen to the local schools, you know, but I did want to put I think everybody's kind of interested in who the number one teams are. So so I listed every number one team, and you know a lot of them are not from this area. All right, so let's start with five eight. Natchitoches Central, who is you know always good year in and year out, they're twenty one and two, and they're number one in five A. Uh, in our area, eight is New Iberia Senior High. They're doing a good job, keep getting better and better. Todd Russ got that bunch going. Number fourteen, Como, they keep climbing up. Sixteen, Lafayette High, and number twenty three, the Kadena Wrecking Rams. In four A, Woodlawn of Shreveport is number one now. They bumped out Karen Crow. Dave, their record is twenty and four overall. That's a very good record. Uh, Westgate, who beat Karen Crow, climbed to number two. Karen Crow is at three. Bro Bridge, man. The Bro Bridge is kind of quiet back there. Nobody's talking a whole lot about him except Troy Thibodeau. But Bro Bridge is number five and playing mm-hmm. some good basketball. And Dave, a couple of their losses came with four guys out with the flu. So that Bro Bridge is a very, very good team. Number eight is Beauchene. Ten is Opelousas. Twelve, the team that just beat us is Northside. And they're going to climb with that win. They'll go in the top ten next week. St. Martinville is at 28. Rain is at 30, and Cecilia is at 32. In 3A, the Peabody Warhorses, year in and year out, they're always going to be good. They're 22 and 2. Number 8 is coming in as Crowley High School, and number 19 is North Vermillion. In 2A, Rayville, they, there are, from my accounts, there are three undefeated teams left in the state of Louisiana, only three, and one of them is Rayville. And wow. Dave, I understand. Yeah, Dave, I understand they got. One of the best. We're trying to get him in our Sun Kiss shootout. I've already contacted the coach. Uh, he, he hasn't definitely committed, but he's definitely interested. Uh, they have one, I think, the best junior in the state of Louisiana, six foot seven kid that can really go. And I think not, maybe our Cajuns, uh, I think, are kind of on him. But anyway, Rayville is 24 and 0. Lake Arthur, mm-hmm. man. Lake Arthur's doing a great job. They're number five in 2A. Generous 26 and Franklin is at 28. In class 1A, the next undefeated team. Dave, I didn't know. I saw them play. I'm, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think they came to the UL team camp, I think. But it's Tinsaw, and it's a way up north of Louisiana. They are 25-0, and 0, Tinsaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, number four is North Central. Number 25 is Gator Bears. In Class B, Simsboro is number one. 
Midland comes in at 12. Uh, J.S. Clark, a relative of New School, Mapu's at 18, and Lacassine is at 24. And in Class C, the number one team is Summerfield, who the home of none other than the Utah great legend um, Carl Malone. Hmm. In Division, yeah, in Division One, Scotlandville is number one. They are 16 and five. We have no local schools in Division One for in the selects. In Division Two selects, we still maintain number one spot. I've got a bad feeling, Dave, that. You know, if if we if we don't if we can overcome Karen Crow now, we hang in there. But if if we slip up Friday night and don't beat Karen Crow, I'm, I'm afraid we're gonna our, our number one stand all year long is gonna drop. But it is what it is. But we're at 17 and eight at number one. David Thibodeau, right there, right down the other side of town, is number seven, and Turlings is at 14 in Division Three. Here is our third undefeated team. Uh, two of our two of our eight losses come to this team. Riverside is twenty two right. and zero. Yeah, Riverside's twenty two and zero. Notre Dame, the pioneers who gave us a scare in occasion on their number seven. Ascension is at eleven, and Catholic High New Iberia is in at thirteen. Division four, the LCA Knights are number one with a thirteen and four record. VC hmm. is at number three. Opposites Catholic at six. Westminster's fifteen. And Hanson is at 24. And last but not least, Division 5, the number one team is Jehovah Jara, who's from Baton Rouge. And then number four is my boy ESA, Jason Fothering. I got him in number four. And number 11 from Crowley, Northside Christian. And that rounds out this week's uh, top 32 poll. All right. Well, uh, we got to go to LSU for Media Day on Friday, but maybe now we know what we're going to do when we get back. A little Karen Crow and STM action. Uh, is it, oh yeah! You know they should do yeah. it. You know they should play outside at the uh, outdoor Crowdome, but they do. <laughs> play right in the middle of that football. Might be field. a little, might be a little wet. I think it's Friday Saturday calls a little bit of wet, a little, a little bit, bit of rain. That's all right. Little, yeah, that, that's a beautiful thing. Hey, Dave, uh, yeah. should be it should be a, a great atmosphere. I think I think uh, tonight's game, and it looks like. Will we see it uh, there tonight, you know, Coach? I'm, I'm gonna. I'm going to be there. You know, right. I'm going to be there. I always sit right, you know, not, not far from you. Just look to your right. All right, up about six rows. I'm mean, I should be there. And uh, man. Uh, a week and a go. What's our record right now, Dave? 17 and, 17 and three. Seventeen and three. Right. You, you think we could? You think we could? We could. Uh, how many? Records? Seven. Eleven. Eight. No, oh, no, 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 no. They have thirteen games. Well, uh, they have eight regular season. No, they have uh, eleven yeah, regular season games. Yeah, regular season. Eleven regular, regular season, season games. Okay. Uh, can we can we run the table? You think? Well, we got to beat the Georgia schools. Those. Georgia yeah, State's yeah, going to be the toughest one they have. Oh. Georgia State's the Georgia, toughest one. Georgia yep. State will be the toughest one. Yep. So if we could get by Georgia State, we could possibly go uh, undefeated the table. in the Sun Belt. Yeah. Wow. I wonder when the last time somebody went undefeated in the Sun Belt, you think? I'd have to check that out. It's, it's a good call. I bet it's been a while. I bet it's been a while. It's hard to go undefeated, man, in, in, in league play. Yeah. You know? Teams know teams know each other so well, you know, just so well scouted. It, it's uh, it's tough. Yep. Tough. But uh, but I'm um, excited about tonight's game. Yeah. By the way, I'm not sure. We got South Al. Who are we playing anyway? South Al. South Al and then Troy on Saturday. South Al and then Troy. Yeah, I can't make Saturday's game. All oh, right. but Dave, by the way, I'm glad I, I kind of thought about this. I really kind of forgot about it, but um, but uh, I kind of want to kind of brag about my brother. Um, on Saturday, I'm going to be uh, in, I'm going to be in Thibodeau, Louisiana. Mm. Uh, yeah, the Nick. Uh, are going to name the court. It's going to be called the, the Ricky Broussard Court. No kidding. Uh, so pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty proud of my brother. You know, Dave, a lot of people don't, don't know this, but, you know, he took Nichols to two NCAA tournaments. He took him to the big dance twice. It's the, it's the only time in Nichols State history that, and I think he's been retired from there, I guess, whether oh, 10, 12, 15 years. Uh, it's, it's, only, it's been the only two times in the history of that school that they've ever made it to the, to the big dance. And, you know, who knows if they'll ever make it again. But, uh, yeah, he took him there twice, lost to Arizona, when they won the national championship, mm. and he also lost to Virginia, uh, 
to Virginia. Yeah, that was right. just too. That was just too. You know how it is. It, you know how it is. When you come from that Southern Conference, you're going to be a 16 seed. That's so right. He had to play. Yeah, he had to play number one seeds both times. And uh, but anyway, but actually played. Actually played Virginia very tough that year. Uh, Arizona wasn't, wasn't so good, but President So anyway, so I'm pretty proud of that Friday night. So I know there's some uh, some Lafayette peeps. Uh, if they're interested, they're going to do that at six o'clock right before Nichols plays takes on Southeastern on, on Saturday night. So oh, great. I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss the UL game. I know it's at 2 o'clock, but I still have they have activities all day long. So I'm not going to – I won't be at Saturday's game, but I'll be there tonight, and I'll see you tonight. See you there. We'll see – we'll count how many psychological timeouts there are. <laughs> that bomb calls. <laughs> Back after this. Thanks, Coach. All right, Bryce Washington comes up on a Thursday morning sports chat on a kid and a sports station. 1037 The Game, 1037thegame.com. Katiana, Dave Schultz, Cody Shoots on a Thursday morning sports chat on a Katiana Sports Station, 1037 The Game, 1037thegame.com. Raging Cajuns taking on South Alabama tonight in the Cajun Dome. We're talking with Cajuns forward Bryce Washington. Bryce, why don't you sum up the year so far? 17 and 3, 7 and 0 in the Sun Belt. Um, we're doing a very good job uh, just playing as a team and everything. Uh, the chemistry is there. You know, we believe the chemistry is there ever since last year, to be honest. But uh, the Cuba trip that we went on that exceeded our chemistry. And just, just to be together as, as a team, as a family, you know, uh, this is no surprise to us. But, you know, I think some other people are surprised, especially being picked fifth in the conference. But, you know, you know, I think that thought that was a little bit of motivation. So, you know, we're just going to keep pushing forward, keep punching the clock in practice, just keep working hard, and, you know, just keep building because we still have a lot of growth to do. Yeah, you only lost one key component, a very key component in point guard, Jay Wright, but you add Marcus Stroman, you add uh, Malik Marquette, and you add Jakeen and Gant to what is already a pretty deep team, so much so that, you know, uh, Jerikas Davis and P.J. Hardy having a tough time getting off the bench. How has that depth how has that depth helped you? Um, it definitely helps us because, you know, some games, you know, people are going to be in foul trouble. You know, injuries are part of the game. And, you know, we we, we, we hit the, that, those adversities. You know, uh, Marcus Stroman, he was out one game. John Stowe was out. Frank Barley was out. Uh, Jakeenan was out. And you know, those guys really stepped up for us. You know, Justin Miller, who started last year, he had a great year last year. He's still having a good year this year. You know, Jerikas Davis, uh, all credit goes to him and P.J. Harder because they be killing us in practice, you know, just preparing us for the other team and everything. You know, those guys are very, very, very good components of our team because um, any game, I think one of the games coming up, you know, those guys are going to have a big game, you know, especially P.J. Harder had a big game early in the year having 17 points. You know, he can knock us down a lot of shots, you know. But from 1 to 14, I mean, you know, these guys are very good. You know, like I said, we're family. We keep pushing for each other and, you know, just keep building. How do you guys keep a, a level head? You guys, you know, outside of a, a bad first half against UTA, you rolled them in the second half and kind of took care of Texas State. South Alabama comes in 9-2 at home but 0-7 on, on the road. How do you guys keep a level head and, you know, try to take care of business at hand? Um, like I said, we don't really look at a point as, you know, just, oh, these guys are bad on the road, these guys are good at home, you know. You know, to be honest, our team, we, we barely know our own record, to be honest with you, you know, because all we do is punch the clock, you know, just try to get better and everything. And, you know, a team like South L, you know, they're a very, very, very good shooting team. You know, those guys play hard. Uh, they have a young team, but, you know, a little bit of experience on their team. You know, they're a very good coach. And, you know, just all we have to do is just keep on doing what we do. You know, we can't buy into anybody else's scheme. We just have to do what we do. And I believe if we just do that, you know, trusting Coach Marlin, trusting all our coaches and believing in each other, we're going to be just fine. We're talking with uh, Cajuns forward Bryce Washington. Cajuns hosting South Alabama tonight. Blackout, hoping for a big crowd? 
Oh, definitely. You know, uh, you know, with the speed we're on and, you know, just a blackout game, you know, school's back in session and everything, I think we're going to have probably the biggest crowd we had all year. And hopefully, especially, you know, that's that's one of the things that I want uh, to exceed the attendance level that we always had. You know, we always had a, a great crowd, but I think it's time for us, you know, to pack. Cool in here with all the seats being black and the shirts being black. It could have a an odd look to it. Oh, definitely an odd look, but, you know, I believe we have the best supporters. You know, I don't like fans because, you know, they support us with everything we do. You know, win, lose, or draw, they always support us. So I think we have the best supporters that we have in Cajun Nation here. And I think, you know, they're ready to see more basketball and everything, you know, and I believe they want to keep the streak alive. You know, they they, they might not know how big they contribute with, this, uh, with, with any game, but, you know, when we go on a run and the crowd gets real loud, you know, so I think they need to know they do a great job of cheering us on and everything, and they can very impact the game. So. All right, you only got you know, six home games left. You only got five road games left in the, then the Sunbelt Conference Tournament and maybe a little bit more after that. How have you improved as a basketball player? Um, every day you improve. Uh, you know, Coach Kevin Johnson, especially, you know, he be on me every day, you know, ever since I stepped foot on campus at UL. Man, he was on me day in, day out. Call me middles of nights, you know, just see what my head was, you know. Is he waking you up in the middle of the night? Uh, he don't he don't wake me up in the middle of the night, but you know we have morning weights. He called me it's just to, just to make sure you know I'm doing the right things and everything. Just to be there, lead the team right way because he know I could do it. You know, just all all those things that he he did for me. You know, coming in as a young man, a young freshman, and, and just to see myself now. You know, I think I improved every single day since I've been here and being a Raiders occasion. You know, I think I I definitely have a lot more improvements to do, but just him alone. And my teammates just stand on me. I think, you know, I, I get better every day. You know, I just have a smile on my face after every practice. So. One of the things that Bob Marlin always talks about is you being a leader. How do you define being a leader? Um, do the right thing, keeping those clean. Uh, I never really try to do anything negative, you know, because you never know who's watching, you know, on the court, off the court. You know, you never know. Um, you know, it's, it's bigger than basketball here, especially with me, you know. A lot of people always said I was a leader. I have leadership characteristics. You know, they gave me the nickname president or governor uh, since I've been here. So, you know, leadership skills, you know, it's, it's, it's not for everybody, but I love it. I, You know, I try to do it every single day because, you know, you never know what little kid might be watching you, and you never know that you might be the hero one day. So just try to do the right things, you know, on the court, off the court. You know, academics is always first with me, and just try to lead this team the right way. So. And then you have your buddies, Frank Barley the Fourth and Jonathan Stove. How, how do you guys push, push each other? Oh, everything. We push each other everything. You know, uh, we definitely, especially on the defensive end, you know, Jonathan Stove is probably the best defender on our team, but, you know, he, he's not a steals guy. And uh, Frank Barley is very good at getting steals, you know. Uh, he was second on the team last year in steals, and he challenged me to, to, to get up there with him. And I'm beating him in steals right now, uh, so I'm very proud of that. He's, he th- but who's counting? Oh yeah, but who was counting? Uh, he 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 thinks he thinks. Now I'm not gonna let him catch me, you know. And I challenged him a rebounder, you know. Those guys always tell me, you know, man, I'm gonna get at least five rebounds. I just look at him like they're crazy, like you got to go through me to get a rebound. So that's just not gonna happen. So, you know, if you come in come in the paint, I call it my house. You know, you just better be ready to you know feel some contact. But we change each other every day, especially in the classroom and everything. Just try to do, like I said, just just to do the right thing and everything. You know, because, you know, we're, we're the old guys with old heads on the team. You know, we've been here the longest. And, you know, if I feel if you do the right thing and uh, you do the right thing playing basketball, it's going to pay you back one day. So. All right, let's go Cajuns forward. Uh, Bryce Washington, Cajuns hosting South Alabama tonight in the Cajun Dome for a blackout. 
All right. I know you guys don't like to look ahead, but what's next for you after the spring? Graduating. Are you graduating on time, or do you got to finish up, or what's going to happen after that? Oh, yeah, I'm definitely graduating. Uh, I have nine hours left. I'm a finance major, um, but I'm taking... 14 hours uh, this semester, but I only need nine to graduate, so I'll be graduating with a degree in business administration. And, you know, on May 11th, I'll be walking across that stage, and I'm going to have a big smile on my face just to have a degree and try to leave this legacy on playing basketball, you know. And then hopefully I will continue playing basketball after this year, you know, just keep putting in the hard work. And, you know, if I'm always putting in the work, I work hard. And, you know, I will always be happy with my work after that I put in, put in here. So wherever I end up, you know, I always have a smile on my face and be proud of myself. So. All right, well, before that, rumors have it. Are you going to be on a, a, Mardi, Gras, Mardi, uh, a Mardi Gras float uh, somewhere in New Orleans in your hometown? Uh, uh, yeah, um, I'm actually the Prince Zulu. Uh, that's what they call it. My father is the King of Zulu. My mother is Queen of Zulu. So, yes, I'm the Prince Zulu. So I will be riding on the float this year uh, on February 13th in New Orleans, Louisiana, uh, Mardi Gras Day. So. Yes, sir. That's a huge honor. Yes, definitely. Um, my parents are very happy. You know, they usually come to every one of my games, but right now it's Mardi Gras season kicked off, so you probably won't see them often. But I know they're cheering me on, watching, watching me play wherever they are, probably in the limo somewhere, going to an event that they have. So, But they definitely always call me after the game to say they're proud of me and everything. And I'm proud of them because it's definitely one of the biggest accolades that my father has achieved. You know, he's he been talking about it since I was a child, you know, just growing up around it. And I'm just happy for him, so. Well, hopefully we'll get some beads back here in Lafayette, all right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Beads and coconuts, especially my man Matt Sullivan over there, so. All right, Bryce Washington with the Raging Cajuns joining us on a Thursday morning sports chat. We will see you tonight. Cajuns taking on the Jags. Thanks, Bryce. Thank you. All right, I mean, how about that? Prince of the Zulu Parade down in uh, New Orleans. So good for him, and uh, that should be a lot of fun. And he's getting a little time off for practice, but uh, he'll be back for the game. All right. I uh, want to thank Bryce for sitting down with me. Obviously, uh, yesterday we don't have basketballs here at the studio, so we did that yesterday. Uh, in the Cajun Dome, thanks for Matt Sullivan and Bob Marlin for allowing that to happen. All right, next up, current state punter Thomas Moorhead will join us next. Or Morstead, actually. How about that? I'm going to get his name right all week. Thomas Morstead. Joining us next on Acadiana's Sports Station, 1037 The Game, 1037thegame.com. Live and local from the ShopRite Tobacco Plus studios in Upper Lafayette. This is Acadiana Sports Station. 103.7 The Game and 1037thegame.com. KLWB, Karen Crow Lafayette. Just after 8 o'clock. And Sports Chat with Dave Schultz starts now. Connect on Facebook or follow on Twitter at 103.7 The Game. It's a formidable scent. Stings the nostrils. Listen live with the 1037 The Game mobile app or online at 1037thegame.com. All right, place your bets, place your bets. And now, Dave Schultz. Super genius. It's on right now. Now. Dave Schultz, Cody Schultz, back on a Thursday morning sports chat on Acadiana's reigning, defending, undisputed number one sports talk station in Acadiana. Bottom of the hour, K-Raj will join us from VegasInsider.com. Really, nothing about the lines to talk about outside of, you know, the NBA wants to get their share 
of any uh, gambling proceeds. So <laughs> they want to take some juice, I guess. All right, uh, we'll happy to take your calls in the next segment. But really honored and proud to have our next guest on. You know him as the punter of the New Orleans Saints. It is Thomas Morstead. Thomas, Dave Schultz on Sports Chat. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you? You got it. Good morning. Doing great. First of all, how are the ribs? Uh, they're coming along very slowly. <laughs> uh, I've probably got another four weeks till I come oh. back to normal. I mean, are you still having trouble? Does it still hurt to breathe? Uh, no, no, no. It's just more of <clears throat> I got to be careful not twisting in a certain way, and and uh, kind of getting up is just you don't just you have to kind of think about it. It's not just second nature. So I got to be just a little more careful. That's all. Not going to tackle anybody in the next four weeks. No, I don't plan on it. Right. Going to stop that. All right. Uh, the other question, uh, are you over it yet? That's a tough way to lose a football game and to have a season end. Yeah, look, I don't I don't know if you ever kind of get over things like that. Right. Um, you know, I remember walking off the field in San Francisco in January of 2012. Um, you know, I thought we had the best team in the league, and we turned it over five times and lost it on the last second throw by Alex Smith. And so... You know, that one sits with you forever because you just wonder what if, um, what could have been. Same thing with this year. Um, felt like we had it won and we didn't. And, uh, you know, we would have been playing in the NFC Championship for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And it's, uh, you know, it's just something that you just will wonder about forever. And then how did it come to be that? And can you, does this go into contract negotiations? Do you get paid like a lineman now or still like a punter? How'd you come to back? No, How'd you come to be to be on the line? That's gonna... Yeah, I don't think that's going to help me too much no. in uh, in any contract negotiations. Right. But uh, but you know, it's just it was a wild deal going out there for that when the game was already over and having to come back out. It was just uh, you know you kind of swallow your pride a little bit and just sure. get out there and get it done. So it's the way it goes. I mean, did what, what, didn't I hear there was a conversation that you said I'm not rushing, and they said no, we're just going to take a knee. We're not even going to kick it. We just have to snap it. No. I, I wasn't. I, I would hope that they knew that I wasn't rushing. I just <laughs> right. was coming out on the field, and uh, and uh, their quarterback Case Keenum, me and him are a little. We know each other a little bit, and he just said, "Hey, Thomas, we're taking me." And I, I said, "I hope you better because because I'm already hurt. Right? And I don't need. I don't need two three hundred pounders smashing me back into the end zone. So." Exactly. All right, so we're talking with uh, Saints punter Thomas Morstead, and I'm a big uh, hashtag, there's always a bright side. And despite the loss and despite you getting hurt and despite having to come back on the field, uh, you've got a lot of notoriety and you've raised a lot of money uh, for Children's Hospital, for your foundation, what what you give will grow. How did you come about starting this uh, charity? Well, my wife and I started it about um, four years ago. And, um, you know, just, uh, you know, I'm doing a job that I've dreamed about forever and I get paid a lot of money and I just, is a, I feel like there's a, a, a responsibility and obligation as a, as a, somebody that's in that position in the community, uh, that I need to do something to, uh, kind of help the community out. And so this is kind of where we've chosen to direct our focus and um, yeah I mean it's been incredible to see we've raised we've raised over three hundred thousand uh, dollars since that game ended um, and so it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun when you raise the money it's fun to give it away and uh, we're looking forward to doing that now is it personal did you did you have an issue do you have any kids with your wife uh, yeah we have three kids it's not uh, we haven't had any you know kind of negative experiences right. uh, that have 
dictated us this way, but I had a friend of mine that um, passed away of bone cancer, um, and yeah, he just used to always talk about the child life and how it was such a big deal to him and uh, how underfunded it was and just how important he thought it was. And, and, and so that kind of always had my attention from the beginning, and uh, it's just been great to be able to try to change that. In Louisiana, we're kind of we're kind of lagging at the bottom of the barrel nationally as far as that department goes in all our hospitals, so we're trying to move the needle a little bit. Talking to Thomas Morstead of the New Orleans Saints and discussing his uh, foundation, What You Give Will Grow. And we saw this, you know, even before uh, you guys started, that, you know, Andy Dalton ends up getting a win, I guess, over the Ravens. That gave the Bills uh, a playoff spot. And then all of a sudden the Bills fans started, you know, pouring in cash into Andy Dalton's foundation. And coming up short against uh, the Vikings, the Vikings fans started pouring money into your foundation. I'm, did that just, did someone, how did that get started up there? Well, uh, essentially somebody started a Reddit post uh, just saying they were inspired by my toughness coming back on the field and playing the rest of the game when I kind of mashed up my ribs and then also just showing good sportsmanship at the end of the game. And then, you know, I think the third, uh, the third uh, part of that was they won. So everybody sure. was in a good mood up right. there and felt right. like, Felt like they they uh, it was good karma maybe to to uh, pay it forward a little bit. So uh, those three things kind of uh, got the ball rolling. And then once I found out about it, I just acknowledged it and said, "Hey, um, look, we're gonna we'll donate all this money back to Minnesota Children's Hospital." Um, and that kind of really got the ball rolling. And then once it got up to about fifteen thousand dollars in donations, that's when I said, "Okay, if we get to a hundred thousand dollars, I'll fly up." the week of the Super Bowl and present the check myself. And I think that gave it even more steam, kind of went viral. And, you know, 300000 thousand later, we're, I mean, it's been an amazing deal. $300,000 and a couch from Sean Payton. And a couch, that's right, that's right. <laughs> and a couch. So- uh, we, act, we, we actually got in touch with that company. We, there's no need for a couch in the hospital, but they are going to help us set up uh, um some other furniture that's needed Good. at the hospital. Right. So that's cool of them. No, that's very nice. That's, uh, again, a little, you know, poking the bear a little bit and then uh, stepping up when asked to. It's, uh, it's all for a good cause and obviously, and obviously much more important, uh, as disappointing as it is to lose a football game, so many lives are going to be affected. Um, have you got, how much more national attention have you gotten? Because obviously you're getting it here in Louisiana and in uh, Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, look, it's been crazy. I just uh, taped uh, an episode of Harry Connick Junior show right. uh, on, on Tuesday in New York City, sure. and um, you know there's other things in the works that uh, aren't confirmed yet. But just there'll, there'll be a lot of uh, good stuff the week of the Super Bowl up in Minnesota when we get up there. So yeah, I mean it's been uh, you know uh, it's got to be a record for punter interviews in one week. For <laughs> right, sure. right. Well, when it's something good, it's good that's happening because a lot of times maybe it's when it's bad that's happening. Exactly. Right. It's yeah. nice to be on the positive side. Right. right. Not having a punt blocked or fumble or something along those lines. Maybe a little Bingo. West maybe a little West Coast action from a Louisiana native? Little Ellen show maybe? Hey, I'm I'm all for it. If you guys can hook it up, yeah. I'll, I'll be very grateful. Yeah, let, me, let me make uh, a phone call. <laughs> that, that, that's a tough one to get on, but um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We're just uh this thing is this ball keeps moving, so uh, we're trying to keep the momentum going with it and see what we can do. So we'll see. All right. So how can people give to what you give will grow? 
Uh, we have a link. Uh, it's on all my social media. It's childlife dot what uh, the acronym for my foundation, which is what you give will grow. It's wygwg.org. So childlife dot wygwg.org, and uh, you can donate there. And just so everyone's clear, we raised so much money up in Minnesota that we ended up stopping the. We stopped that and started the Louisiana one because um, they had received. I think we we ended up getting about two hundred twenty-one thousand dollars mm. for Minnesota, and so we they ended up saying, "Hey, we're we're that's plenty for us. You guys need to you guys need to raise some money for yourselves down there." And so um, I think we're over one hundred one hundred fifteen thousand dollars now for Louisiana. So that's, that's exciting. Great. And now you're going back when you heading when you heading back to uh, Minneapolis. We'll be up there uh, next Thursday evening. We're flying up, and we're going to stay through the Super Bowl. So it'll Super be Bowl. good. All right. Uh, Thomas Morstead, you're doing great work. We appreciate it. All right. Uh, get healthy. All right. Also, and uh, best of luck to you in the off season, and, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you down the road. We appreciate you joining us on Sports Chat. Yeah, you got it, guys. Thank you. All right. Thomas Morstead, what you give will grow. You know, basically, I don't even play, and I'm not over some of the losses. And he's got two now. Ugh. Those are tough. Again, we go back to Will Wade yesterday, Cody. Right? He didn't want to talk. He didn't want to talk at all about about beating A and M. He was pissed about losing to Georgia, Alabama, and Vanderbilt. Yeah, I'm thrilled. I really am with. Eh, not so much. All right. Um, yeah, there you go. All right. We may. We're still planning. How about this, Cody? All right. After sport of politics and the four hour marathon. I think I have a session with Thomas Morstead. So maybe we direct that eventually to someone named Ellen DeGeneres, and that's where you get the big bucks, right? That's where she can donate uh, a nice five-figure check to uh, or, or, you know, whoever. And she with, uh, like, Walmart or something like that? They can donate stuff, right? They'll come up with some big stuff, all right? I think she's Target. I Is she thi- Target? I think. Okay, well, one of the two. But, yeah, 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 yeah regardless, yeah. she has sponsors. Yeah, so they, they, they donate. Like, they, uh, they filled up the, uh, you know... The real super geniuses, right, from Opelousas? Did you see that up there? One kid's going to Harvard and one kid's going to Stanford. Yeah, I, and, they, yeah. and they got the full ride. And there's a 16-year-old going to oh, the 16. I'm sorry, the 16-year-old going to Harvard. Right. Right. So he's really a super genius. And basically, she got their dorm rooms donated. Pretty neat. That's incredible. And helped out mom as well. All right. Uh, we'll be back. We'll reset. All right. Dave Schultz, Cody Schutz. I think that's my first saint on in like four and a half years. Pretty good. Only took four and a half years. Number one rated show in the Kidiana. We'll be back after this on the Kidiana Sports Station. 1037 The Game, 1037thegame.com. All right, Dave Schultz, Cody Shoots. That was exciting. Second Saint I've had on here with the long snapper on. So we're big on special teams here on Sports Chat. 706011, 7060111. Again, stay with us on, well, I mean, listen to the Alan Michael Show, and you'll be able to see the Facebook Live post later. But I think we're going to do Facebook Live right after the show. How would we, we couldn't figure out how to do that during the show, right? I mean, it's only taken me till Thursday to figure out how to live stream onto our website through YouTube. 1037thegame.com. Go to my blog page, Dave Schultz's blogs, and it's right there. So how would we have gotten audio? We, we can get audio in to the Facebook Live, but tough to get the audio out of Facebook Live. So I don't know how. I, I, I guess. 
I'm not sure. I've Facebook Live is still kind of foreign. Right. To so me, I, you know? I'm I'm feeding. I am feeding the uh, you know behind the scenes stuff. You know, the 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 stuff that I hear in my headphones. That's what's coming through uh, YouTube and onto the website and on the Periscope. So that's what you're getting. So you get both sides of the conversation. When we first started it, and Periscope had first started and nobody was signed up for it, and nobody's watching now, but that's not the point. Um, it was only half the conversation. I didn't know any better how to fix that, and now we do. So I don't know how to get it on the other side of the conversation. So we'll, we'll see. But anyways, uh, you'll have both sides of the conversation. Uh, I think we're doing a Facebook Live at about 10.15, so we'll pump that up. Um, right in the middle of the fastest hour of sports talk with uh, Alan Michael. Competing 1037 the game entities. All right, give us a call, 706-0111. 706-0111. We're going to talk to K-Raj next. But this was, with everything that's happening, this was a little blip. Because, I, I, again, I was going to allow, you know, a, a week off. There's What are we going to get? The, the line on the Pro Bowl? Right? There's only really one more game to go with. And that's the Super Bowl. And we can do that next week. And just as I was going to give him a call and say, hey, K-Raj, why don't you take the week off? Uh, there's not a lot going on this week. We'll come back for you and wrap up the, you know, our, our time together with the Super Bowl. And all of a sudden, there is this little blurb on the Twitterverse. The NBA and a league attorney, this is out of the New York Daily News, an NBA league attorney tossed up a plan Wednesday for the NBA wait for this, to get a cut of legalized sports betting in New York. Under the NBA's proposal, the league would receive 1% of every bet on its games. Here comes the money! Yeah, you ain't kidding. Such a move, which would require legislation at the state or federal level, though I think it would be and federal level, would create a massive new revenue stream for the league. I'm surprised that the league started at 1% and didn't start at like 5% and go down. Kind of negotiate down instead of eh, start at 1% and see where you go. Gamblers in the U.S. Here you go, Cody. You want to do this math? Gamblers in the U.S. make as much as $200 billion, that's with a B, in illegal bets per year, according to experts. That's everything. That didn't say just NBA or legal bets. Is that the time has come for a different approach that gives sports fans a safe and legal way to wager on protecting the integrity of the underlying competitions? NBA attorney Dan Splain said in testimony before the state Senate committee on racing, game, gaming, and wagering in Albany. The testimony came as the uh, Supreme Court considers a New Jersey case challenging a 1992 federal ban on sports betting in all but four states. Delaware, Montana, Nevada, and Oregon. Pro leagues have opposed legalized sports betting, but the NBA says its position has evolved in recent years. Can you do 1% of $200 billion, Cody? Though that's on the high side, because, again, that's everything. You can't do that off the top of your head? I mean, 1% of $200 billion? Isn't it $2 billion? I was going to say that, or $2 million. I was going to say, you're in the ballpark, it might be $2 billion. 10% is $20 billion. Sounds right. All right. We'll see. I, I had the, I couldn't count my brother's age. So I'm pretty sure that 1% of, right? Is that right? $2 billion? <laughs> the, the, the iPhone calculator doesn't go to billions. 
Turn it to its side. Super genius. Oh. <laughs> good call. <laughs> little landscape You're action. right. All right. All right. Uh, I think it's $2 billion, right? And didn't we say? Yeah. Yep. So $2 billion. Didn't we say, like, the NFL is a $13 billion industry? Could you imagine the amount of money that the NFL would make if they got 1% of all the money gambled on NFL money? Now, all of a sudden, you're, I mean, it would be jacked up. I mean, you'd go from like $13 billion to about $18, million, $18 billion, maybe overnight. A 50% increase with the gambling money, and they want it on the phones. They, they don't want you to have to, you know, go to a casino. They want you to be able to do it on an app like you're ordering a book or something from Amazon. Hold on, honey. I got to get the game in for the Pelicans. Hold on. Baseball will be the last one to do it only because of their history with gambling. Even though basketball has got a sordid history with gambling as well, games being fixed. And, of course, you know the last place that's going to be allowed to do it is this state. They don't even allow daily fantasy leagues in this state. We got a, casinos all over the place, lotteries all over the place, but somehow, <laughs> shocker, the casinos and the sorry about this, but the more holier than thou crowd came together and said, "No daily fantasies, it's gambling." So of course that'll be the last one, and when you know it, it's a Thursday, sport of politics, right? And by the way, on a side note, Vermont, and again, probably everyone thinks I, I do this on a regular basis. I can't even remember the last time I did it. Uh, Vermont legalized marijuana. First legislature to do it. Kind of surprised that's the first one. You would have thought that would have happened a long time ago. Uh, so you get that. That's a revenue generator. Uh, you get the hotel casino. That'd be a revenue generator. And legalized gambling on sports. That's a revenue generator. Of course, the people who don't want sports betting, you know, those states got it in. I don't know how they got it in outside of, you know, Nevada doesn't want it, legalized sports gambling, because they want you to go there. That's half the deal, right? Even if you go to LaBerger, you still can't bet on the games. If you do that, then you can save the money on Nevada, even though Vegas is still, well, Vegas. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll see what K-Raj thinks about potentially legalized sports gambling around the country. Remember, he works for VegasInsider.com. He thinks, you got to think he's going to love it. Back after this on Acadiana Sports Station, 1037 The Game, 1037thegame.com. All right, Dave Schultz. Cody shoots on a uh, Thursday morning sports chat. Again, special thanks to uh, Thomas Morstead for joining us. And again, we could have a uh, uh, Facebook Live session coming up with him as well. All right. Um, We're not going to go over the Pro Bowl with our next guest because, well, (laughs) I mean, you really got to be a degenerate to be betting on that. But, you know, say la vida, each his own. But we do have some news in the uh, gambling world, and it's pretty much a, well, for lack of a better term, tsunami. Let's go out to the Arco Equipment Hotline, bring in our buddy Kevin Rogers from VegasInsider.com. Was yesterday considered Christmas and New Year's and everything rolled into one there, K-Rodge, when you read about the NBA wants to start having legalized gambling? 
I mean, it's a good thing. I mean, it, you know, it is, uh, at least with Adam Silver, he, he realizes, you know, he has his head in the, in the sand like Roger Goodell does, that he realizes this is a, this is a real thing and that people want to gamble on the sport. And I don't believe in, in the fixing stuff. Like, you're not going to pay LeBron James to throw a game. Like, it's just not going to happen. You know, so, you know, all that stuff I just don't believe you know, as a factor, and again, you you make this legal, then it, it makes things easier, and I think that people will enjoy it uh, a little bit more. They can enjoy the experience because you know what, you have people that leave uh, games here with five minutes to go, they want to get home, but you know what, if you bet on the game and you're at the arena, maybe you want to stay to see the end. Uh, yeah, how long do you think this is going to take? Because this is something that I think, you know, I, I guess I was at the the All Star game where. Uh, Silver kind of took over, and he's been talking about this for a few years now, uh, that this was a, a step forward that the NBA was looking for. How long do you think this is going to take, and are we waiting on the New Jersey case in front of the Supreme Court? I mean, I don't think it's going to happen immediately. I just don't because, you know, you got to kind of go through some channels, I feel like. But at least him introducing it and bringing this up is, is, is a positive step, you know, towards maybe getting some legalized gambling. But, uh I mean, timeline, I don't really know what a timeline is, but I, I got to think that, uh, you know, hopefully the next few years this could happen, okay. but I don't think this will be immediate. I, I just don't, and I have no idea, but I just well, don't think that it would be, you know, immediate, but at least the conversation being had by right. not just like us, but like by the guy that's running the league, yeah. you know, is, is a positive step. I don't think it's going to, it, when we say immediately, I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow, but if I'm the NBA, I'd be looking for October of 18. I don't know. I don't know if it could be. I would hope that, so. But, yeah, I, I would hope it'd be somewhere around at the start of next yeah. season. That'd be yeah. crazy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it would be that right. soon, but uh, but definitely would be good. Right. We're talking with Kevin Rogers from VegasInsider.com. dot com. All right. So obviously that's going to open the floodgates because you know, and we did, and then this is a high number because it said uh, in the New York Daily News, um, illegal bets are made up up towards two hundred billion dollars, and that's every illegal bet, and that's every sport. Um, but we took. One percent of that, and that's two billion dollars potential. Uh, obviously, that's on the high side because it's not just NBA. But if the NBA is going to make money, you know the NFL is going to come calling, and baseball, despite the Black Sox scandal, you know of over a hundred years ago, well, almost a hundred years ago, if I can do my math right, um, we'll be right there uh, with it. Um, I mean, this is right. This is going to open up the floodgates immediately. I mean, outside of tennis, right now, right, and nothing else is considered fixed. Wrestling is scripted. Tennis seems to be on the – that's questionable. But other than that, right? Wrestling is scripted? <laughs> Sorry. Well, that's news to me. Sorry. My, no, I mean, in all seriousness, like, like a tennis, I always believe, you know, the individual sports are so easy to ask one person to throw a match, you know. Right. I think it's well, very hard to get to football and basketball to ask everyone involved. Sure. You know, and, and even the Tim Donahue scandal was one guy and – he maybe manipulated some things. I don't think he necessarily fixed games. I think that – I'm not saying I believe him, but I believe he probably bet on other games and he didn't bet the games that he was doing, you know. And, like, I mean, that's that. And, and he was just one guy. But, you know, for all these guys making so much money in pro sports, believe me, I don't think that the fixes in. And even with baseball, it's just so difficult, you know, to have, like, so many people involved and – you know, all it takes is, you know, you got one play. Oh, it's all fixed. It's not. Like, it's just it's too hard to do to get everyone on the same page. But, uh, you know, I don't know what the ha- what's going to happen with, with college athletics. I mean, obviously, right. you know, we know they have their own issues with everything. 
But uh, to see these pro sports and the NFL, I, I said this for so many years, David, that the, the NFL cannot say, oh, well, people just love the sport. They don't, you know, there's no gambling or fantasy. Come on, right. put fantasy on the bottom of, of every NFL game, the fantasy updates, and people are betting on it. Right. If you took that away, that popularity goes down. I don't, I don't believe that it doesn't for a second. Yeah, the injury for us to know who's playing and who's not playing is for the people who are betting on the games. That's why the injury report's released. Otherwise, or fantasy, right? And or fantasy, which is you know yeah. technically the same thing. Uh, we're talking with uh, Kevin Rogers from VegasInsider.com. dot com. All right, so uh, basically, this is what I was taught in, in college. It could be right or wrong. Like a car alarm isn't necessarily there to stop the thief; it's to stop the honest person, right? It, you know, boy, look at that wallet inside the car. But it, you know, we don't want to take, you know, we don't want to take a chance at the car alarm is, is going to go off, so we'll, we'll bypass it. The thief doesn't care. He's going to set the car alarm off or turn it off. So now, you know, a lot of times, illegal gambling may or may not stop people from doing it, present company included. I may have had someone who reminded me of the character in Porky as a bookie back in the day. It was awesome. Um, but, you know, so th- do, you, how, do you think this would really open it up to people like maybe myself? You know, you put 100 bucks in an account. I don't have to worry about it closing down overseas. There it is, and I can bet, you know, 25 bucks on a game. Yeah, I mean, look, if, if they make it the right way, then, you know, they'll, look, if they're going to get their cut, they're going to do things the right way, okay? That they're, they're definitely going to make sure that it, it's on the up and up because they're involved in it. Like, they are directly involved that they're going to be getting paid and they're getting some kind of money out of it. That, you know, if they were to, they're not going to do this, because they want people just to gamble and they get nothing for it. That they know how spent by by people that want to gamble on the games, and that's fine because it just gives more of an incentive. It's entertainment because it's more of an incentive to to watch the game and to follow the game. But that's got to be number one to me. That you know, if they were just saying, "Oh, I think it's legalized," and an end of story, that'd be kind of silly. But legalizing, we're going to take some of the money too. I mean, you look at all the casinos. I mean, I don't know how many casinos are out your way, but, you know, you look in South Florida, you have the Hard Rock, right. and you have the Miccosukee, and you have the other ones. Right. Believe me, like the Seminole Tribe is involved. They're getting a cut of this, so they're totally fine with them representing, you know, casinos and, and taking the money because right. people right. are willing to pay it. Yeah, I heard that. I mean, I don't know how true it is, but I hear if you're a member of the Seminole Tribe, you get a monthly check. That's big time down there. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, we are. We're surrounded outside of right here in Lafayette Parish. They actually kicked out the horse track because they wanted to have a casino. Uh, we are surrounded though by them. Uh, a couple of nice ones in Lake Charles, Gold Nugget, and La Berge, and one in Baton Rouge. So there may or may not be some blackjack, you know, before LSU football games there. Hey, Roger, I cannot uh, confirm nor deny that's ever happened. Well, uh, I hope I hope that you win and uh, double down. Yeah, I have, and then you know, really easy to lose <laughs> blackjack in fast fashion. I beat the traffic. I don't have to worry about traffic. All right, Kevin, it, it's very exciting news. So, what do you think it's going to do for your industry? I mean, it can only help. You know, I mean, when we our job is to put out information. Okay, and, and people ask all the time, "Oh, do you take bets?" We don't take bets. That's not what we do. We give out information right. and. There are people that, you know, there's a there's an audience for it. There's a niche for it. And now it'll just be a little bit more, you know, it'll be a little more mainstream. Right. So that'll be obviously good if anything becomes more mainstream. I mean, when you look at, like, anything else, like it's a television show that's small and then, you know, it becomes more, everyone knows about it. So, 
you know, that can only help us uh, from here. And, you know, again, as long as people get that silly thing out of their minds that games are fixed, you know, they really look at, you know, what it is that, you know, handicapping a game and, you know, putting money on a game, what it is that, yes, there are people that do it for entertainment, but also people do it to win money. And, right. you know, as long as, you know, people understand that, they get more of a knowledge of it, then, you know, it, it should it should be a good thing just because now it's just more exposure and, and, and showing that you're not needing sunny in the back alley with a brown paper bag that, you know, this is not the 1950s anymore, that we moved on from this. So hopefully... You know, it just is a little more mainstream, a little more acceptable. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. It is uh, you know, a massive amount um, of money is going to be poured into that. And again, you know, we'll be the last part. We can't even do daily fantasy leagues here in Louisiana. They they put the kibosh on that. And I'm also told we'll be the last state to uh, legalize marijuana. So, you know, eventually we'll get to the 21st century, but who knows when that'll be. Uh, Kevin Rogers, VegasInsider.com. I'd say congratulations are in order because I think they are. That's very exciting news. We'll see how long it takes. Yes. Hopefully it happens sooner than later, but thank you. All right. We will talk to you next week for Super Bowl 52. I appreciate your time, my friend. All right. You got it. See you. All right. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is huge news if that comes to fruition. And, again, you know the other teams are going to be there as well. Now, when it comes to tennis, I mean, it's basically confirmed that the Russian mob is involved, that these guys tank matches. All right. And that is easier. You know, you can only have so many golf balls, or not golf balls, only, uh, so many baseballs go through your legs before your teammates are wondering, all right, Rook, making four hundred grand. you know, how much are you taking on the side? You, can, you, you do that once or twice, it happens. You know, you start doing it at multiple times and gets into double digits, you know. It'll be an issue. All right. Uh, how about this controversy, Cody? We have not talked about this. We'll do this when we come back. And actually, really nice guy. Things got out of control, and we'll talk to Perks about it next week. Controversy on the web.com tour. How about this? I think a, a, a caddy got fired at the end of the round. Maybe the round was over. We'll be back after this on Acadiana Sports Station, 1037 The Game, 1037thegame.com. All right, so I guarantee you the next story I only know because, well, we're here in Lafayette. And the web.com tour comes through here. And Perks covers the web.com tour. And we played with this gentleman last year. All right. I think his name is uh, uh, Rain Gibson. Maybe even be Rian, but I think it's Rain Gibson. R-H-E-I-N. All right. He was in contention in the web.com tour event that ended yesterday. And he hit his ball into the hazard. Well... Before he could get there and pick his ball up, his caddy picked the ball up. That resulted in a penalty. So he hits his uh, approach shot into the green, takes his putter out of his bag, throws the putter cover at the caddy, and basically fired the caddy, I believe. Cost him a couple shots. Instead of being tied for second, he finished for third. That's money. That's cash. It's a mistake by the caddy. All right. Everyone's on him because of what he did. You know, when the guy working for you costs you money and in himself money, you can understand why he's a little upset. This guy, and I'll defend him because, again, 
This is not a, I talked to him for two minutes after a round. We played golf with him. He was in the pro-am with us. All right. He should have won the tournament a couple years ago. and I think for a lack of better terms, blew it at the end. He played golf with us, and we've been playing this pro-am now for four years. We'll do it again here, and we'll have uh, someone with us. And, you know, Mikey Wilcox is a great golfer, so when he played with us a couple years ago, it's, you know, we're having a good time. But we had a winner last year who was an absolute beginner. I mean, we're talking about, you know, swinging and missing. You know, not, not having a slice, but hitting it directly to the right. We had an absolute beginner. Not like, you know, I'm trying to break 100 beginner. We're talking about, you know, he would have a tough time breaking 150 to 200. I'm not kidding. Beginner. All right. Had his own clubs, but basically a beginner. Ryan, Ryan Gibson basically gave him an 18-hole lesson. All right. That's things that you didn't see. All right. This is a man who, you know, is, is trying to figure out the course, Right. He's, he, this is his job, so he's practicing. We're talking about practice, but he's still got to figure out the course for the next couple of days and, you know, where the wind is coming now and where the wind may come on another day. So he really has to be paying attention to what's going on, at least when he's shooting, <clears throat> at least when he's, uh, uh, when it's his shot. But he took every possible moment to help our winner out under no obligation to do so. We've been playing... Uh, you know, in that tournament, I know Chuck's been doing it forever. I'm not sure we had. I, I certainly do know we did not have such an engaged individual uh, in our pro-am winner than we had in Reed Gibson. All right, we've had some nice guys. Some are more quiet than others. Uh, certainly, no one's mean or rude or anything along those lines. Uh, but he went out of his way to do that on our last hole. Whatever our last hole was, this kid took out a metal wood. And launched it onto the green. I'm exhausted, maybe intoxicated, and certainly full of my barbecue ribs from Keith Gidry. But I was done. I was you know, just exhausted, wasted. Um, and this kid's bombing him away, and it was because of Reed Gibson. And now we got a little criticism that he's probably going to have to deal with for the rest of the year, he has apologized. He did. He did apologize. Um, let's see. Unfortunately, my caddy was involved with a ruling on the 18th that caused me to fall from tied for second to third. My actions were less than professional, and I apologize to my caddy and those that took offense to my behaviors. So he did apologize once he calmed down. But that's you know, that's money on the deal. <laughs> you know, he's trying to get to the big leagues, right? I mean, the difference between playing in the web.com tour and the PGA tour is you're trying to go from making, I mean, literally you're going from trying to make, excuse me, a million dollars to, you know, you're lucky if you make a hundred grand. And, you know, as we've mentioned, you know, golf is not like the other sports. There's no quote contract. Everything that you do Excuse me, it is, you know, there's a cost involved, right? All the travel is out of his pocket. Paying the caddy out of his pocket. Actually, there's a, you know, you got to pay to get into the tournament. Those aren't free either. Now, does he get some golf balls and a golf bag and clubs? Sure. You get a little money from wearing a hat and and a golf shirt? Yeah, maybe. But certainly not a whole heck of a lot of money compared to you if you're on the PGA Tour. 
Right? You go check what the PGA Tour event is. You know, Farmers Insurance, Tiger teeing off later this afternoon. See the difference up there between uh, tied for second and third up there in the PGA Tour. I mean, that's probably more than someone's making all than the leading money winner on the web.com tour. Big difference. And so, you know, I, I got to figure out what they win. They, was it 50 grand? Something like that. It's a lot of money when you win that. But obviously we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars in the big league tour. And when your caddy is making a mistake, that's, uh, that's an issue costing you money. So, and plus it was, he didn't throw the putter. He threw the putter cover at him, right? Throw the putter. You're trying to hurt him. Throw the putter cover at him. You show your pits. No, but it will be interesting to say what perk says. I'm sure he's, you know, will be interesting to see if he defended. I'm defending him because he was really nice for about four and a half, five hours. And the way we're seeing it now is, you know, a, a, a 30 second clip of him because his caddy cost him a shot. It's not supposed to happen, you know. You're like, what do you think would happen if the caddy gave him the wrong club? Why don't you hit a seven and all of a sudden you got an eight and you, you know, maybe you ended up in the water? What would happen then? And I defend most caddies. Yeah. It's not the it's not the caddy, it's the it's the golfer. But in this case, it was the caddy. Tough to blame. Uh, tough not to blame. All right. Uh, thanks to Gerald Grunick. Thanks to Danny Broussard. Thanks to Bryce Washington. Hopefully we'll see you tonight at the uh, Cajun Dome taking on uh, South Alabama in the blackout. Thanks to Kevin Rogers. Uh, and thanks to special thanks to Saints punter Thomas Morstead. All right. We will be back with the sport of politics, followed by the Alan Michaels Show, the Jim Rome Show, the Jordy Holberg Show featuring Jordy Holberg. The Bumper to Bumper Sports with Ben Love at the Tap Room. And I think we have Astro Line after that. All right. Keep it live and local all day long here on Acadiana's number one rated sports talk station, 1037. The game. <laughs>